Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Casual KO here on Dangerous World Podcast. Getting rolling with some new dudes coming in, man. I'm excited. Nick, as usual, uh, you know, usual co-host here. He's not able to make it, man. He's out there in Australia. Dude's uh, fighting with kangaroos. I'm not sure what he's doing, dude. He's just hanging out. He's he's trying to get shit together out there. But, you know, I'm excited to talk with these new guys. Alex, everybody out there is familiar with uh, with Profit Picks and brought on two of his buddies here. I'm excited to meet these dudes, see what they got. I'm hearing that you dudes are sharp. I'm hearing that sometimes you got some wild plays. And uh, I'm real excited to get in. So, first of all, Alex, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. Had a pretty good week. We bet on boxing this week with no UFC. Watch a little bit of PFL. But uh, we're excited for uh, BKFC this weekend. We're excited for UFC. Already got some bets ready to go. Man, the Point Fighters League, dude. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the Point Fighters League out there, <laughs> I'm dude. Not. It's, oh, it's... I was chirping Alex the entire card, man. Them having no elbows allowed. It, it's rough. Pushes so many overs, and it's like every fight I'm texting, I'm like, "This would be a different fight right now if they were allowed to do certain things." Yeah, it's rough, dude. It's rough, but uh, that voice that you're hearing there is Jared. Jared, what's going on, dude? It's nice to meet you. I see you're wearing that one that one hoodie right there. <laughs> one I think is the second best like MMA promotion. You know, Bellator. Yeah. I think you know it, it's probably a good idea that they merge with the PFL. But yeah, one's one's up there in my yeah. opinion. But what's going on, dude? Good to meet you. Hey, pleasure to meet you, man. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, I'm a one fanatic. I I got into it. I don't know when they made the deal with Amazon Prime. It was a great business move for them. And right. uh, they're they're trying to hit that American demographic, you know. And they got me. I mean, I oh, love yeah. because it's not just MMA. You know, they got the Muay Thai, the kickbox, and submission grappling. It's like giving platforms to all these athletes that never would have had one before. Hell yeah. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. Hey, I was going to say your uh, your mic for some reason is cutting in and out a little bit. I don't know if you guys are picking that up, but um, real quick, I'm going to ask Harry, dude. Again, good to meet you, man. I think, uh, you know, Alex is saying that you got some sharp picks and um, I'm excited to hear what you got. But first of all, how you doing? I want to know how you got into this, why you would be considered to be so sharp. Do you have like a background in, in working with some of these dudes? Do you do you have some experience in the betting industry before you really kind of got affiliated or or you know kind of introduced yourself to Alex here? How how is this story coming to be that you're like the sharp dude? I'm really excited to hear your picks, by the way. What's up, man? No, thank you, thank you for having me on, man. Alex is a great dude. Know him a long time. I think it has to do growing up in Queens, New York, man. You know, they said this was the the best next thing. You know, sports betting it it it, it will open up. A billion dollar industry. I couldn't believe it at the time. You know, the stigma associated to it for jackasses, you know, guys that have n nothing else going for them, you know, so they said. And uh, I started to dabble in it a little bit and then I ventured full on. And then I started to uh, develop a strategy that I was referring to with my community as outlier betting MMA fighters. And uh, if you don't know what the hell that means, a lot of them didn't. And that's why I wouldn't sell picks. I just publish content. Uh, I publish what my side would be, red or blue, for that particular fighter. And uh, we'd go all in, 100%. Whatever your bankroll was for that weekend, because you were doing Uber Eats or whatever the hell you right. were dedicated mm -hmm. to do, that's what we were giving it. You're all. 
You know, why else are we going to be just throwing a few bucks here and there, right? So I told him the variance, you know, one-on-one worked out better than a five-on-five for NBA or, you know, just uh, more players on the field like football, you know? So I, I thought we would have an edge there. And eventually this thing started taking up a, a more serious context. A lot of people were winning money, paying off car loans and shit. We were not called pro schmo bets as we were at the time. We were named a whole different other community. And, uh, and, and then at that point, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to commit myself to this. And so we started betting unit size bets for, for four quarters, unit size bets, you know, the first four months of the year, next four months of the year. And we would start to capitalize on particular fighters, the entire bankroll, one, two or three times a year, no more than that. We started with Claudio Poyes, right? The Peruvian necktie, very popular fighter. And then we went on to Marlon Vera, so on and so forth. And uh, now we're doing the same. So this last quarter of the year, we're, we're cashing out. We're withdrawing all our winnings and we're starting anew January, February, March. And we're going to capitalize that on Marlon Vera at plus 170. Hey. That's not a bad look, man. Claudio Poyas is dead to me at this point, but I'm sure he's made you a lot of money in the past after that fucking fight, dude. Uh, hey, man. Shit. Where the fuck is he, man? He's gone. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm very frustrated with that, dude. I actually got a, a, a fairly expensive card of his, and I was kind of pissed that like the expensive card got wasted on that, dude. But, hey, if this was a fighter that you were able to capitalize on, man, that's what it's about, dude. We're not – we're you know, not... I, I was happy because he was a promising prospect. When we, we, right. we did, you know, get that action on him uh, with the whole intention and, and purpose thereof, you know, being able to do the same in the future, whether he wins or loses, you know, right, right. The, yeah. the odds would be good. He's young. He's relative in that division. Uh, but, man, the guy's the guy's an entrepreneur, man. He, I saw he opened up a, a gym in, in his home country uh, while he's rehabbing an ailment. I think he has like an MCL, PCL uh reconstruction okay yeah so so you know there you go bro you can't you can't get into this octagon with half a heart right right no yeah you're absolutely right harry and uh jared i wanted to see man i I had actually the same questions for you real quick before we start getting into these picks for uh ufc austin um sorry to to cut you off there i was just seeing if we could fix that mic issue or whatever but uh, same questions to you dude how'd you get into this shit like how'd you how'd you meet up with alex and uh how'd you get into the whole world of betting man i always find it really interesting um well, is my mic coming through a little better now? It's the same, dude. But you know, if if it's not bothering anyone else, I just wanted to see if we could fix it. No, no big deal, dude. All right. Well, uh, yeah, man. I've I've always been into combat sports. Like you know, I played sports my whole life, and uh, boxing was a big part of my life. And I've always been drawn to the one-on-one sports because just there's so much more at stake, and it's just I don't know. You right. find yourself more invested in it, and um, just watching as a fan for so long and. You know, even watching as a fan before the fight, you still have your, you know, your prediction in your head of how it's going to go. And, um, you know, I, I started doing pretty well with it. And then, um, you know, became friends with Alex when we were, you know, just out of high school. And um, he was, you know, he was on the UFC betting. And I was like, you know, it's like if I'm going to bet on anything, this should probably be it. Because at least I know what I'm looking at. As opposed to trying to bet on football or basketball or something else. Right. Dude, I fucking suck at betting NFL. I try and do DraftKings, and I get like, out of ten thousand people, I'll get like in the nine thousands every single yeah. week. Sweet, huh? 
is rough, dude. So what do you do? The Rainmakers thing they got? Yeah, I'll just do like the yeah, like Rainmakers, just the classic, like you know, fan, uh, you know, DraftKings fantasy shit. I do it with right. MMA, and I'll do decent, man. But you know, I haven't hit any of those first place things yet. We're hoping to get there soon. But uh, yeah, man, just it it's rough usually with football. Oh yeah, man, I'm doing fantasy for the first time this year, and uh, I can already see never you know, my team six, I'm just with it. <laughs> well yeah man i mean good luck to everybody and, and good luck to all you guys with these bets man uh we'll start off with the first fight of the night and uh we'll end with the main event we've got i think there's 13 here yeah 13 fights um it's actually a really good card dude like we, we, I, I find more and more that when they go to cities when it's not just in the apex when they go to different cities they put on good shows man jacksonville charlotte all these different places um, I'm hoping they come to Phoenix soon, man. Uh, it's up the street for me, so we'll see what's up. But we'll start with the first fight of the night. I'll kind of like give my quick thoughts on it, and then we'll just run through. We'll alternate Alex, Harry, uh, and Jared. We'll we'll just kind of run through and give give all of our thoughts here. But yeah, Jamie Lynn Horthman versus Veronica Hardy. Um, I mean, this is this to me is not as easy as a lot of people are making it. Everyone's kind of thinking from what I've seen that Horth is just going to go in there and dominate. She is going to be. The bigger chick by a lot. It says five seven to five four. I think when they weigh in, I think it might be closer to like a five inch height advantage in favor of Horth here. She's a big girl compared to Veronica Hardy, who's very small. Um, Veronica's striking is really crisp, really technical, quick. Horth is kind of sloppy, but I think that in women's MMA, the bigger girl, the more physical girl wins so much more that I have to go with Horth. She's also training out of Lobo recently with Alexa Grasso, with some of these bad bitches in this, in this whole weight division. Uh, Lupe, Lupe Godinez, right? Like all these, all these really, really tough chicks. So yeah, give me Horth in this one. Um, I don't think it needs to be overly analyzed, but Alex, what do you think on this one first, man? We'll start with you. Well, I'll tell you one thing, that line ain't even anymore. You got Jamie Lee Worth minus 200 right now. So all the early money's coming in on her. I guarantee you it's because, she, what is this fight at, 125? So she's coming down in yeah. weight. Yeah. Um, that brings up a lot of questions. And I'm always worried about betting on Dan Hardy's wife because the UFC doesn't like Dan Hardy. And you know what else is worried is that if Herb Dean's in the fight, who had that whole problem with Dan Hardy, I'd be even more suspicious that there'd be, you know, some fishiness going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if they want to keep Veronica Hardy in, in the UFC, being that they've had drama with Dan. And, I mean, they must not have drama because they let Dan in the corner anyways, to, you know, corner. But, I don't know, I'm always suspicious of betting on Veronica Hardy fights. I did better in her last fight, but I feel like she's betting a, a better opponent, and now I'm getting worse odds on it. I like the over here. I, I think they're both extremely tough, especially Veronica. She's got a little dog in her. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't feel confident betting aside. I did like Jamie at even odds before, but at, at this point, it's a dog or pass. There's no value. I feel you on that for sure, dude. And, yeah, for the record, I, I, I actually think Horth could potentially get some kind of finish over Hardy for those reasons that you said, especially if Herb, Dean, Herb Dean's involved. So we'll see, man. Uh Alex? Uh, thank you for that. I'm going to actually skip through here. Okay, Harry, what you got, dude? Hey, you know, if you tell me what are your two most confident picks on this card, and I, I mean, I had gun to my head. I had to find edge, edge, edge. It, it would have to be uh, Veronica Mercado and Joaquin Silva. 
So uh, I, I was looking at both of these girls respectively, and I noticed, I said, man, Mikado is not 5'3". This girl is at least 5'5". Five, five. Look over tape. I see face-offs, and I say, God damn, her last three opponents. I said, Veronica Mikado, she's definitely taller than what they write here. For a flyweight, this is adequate size. And then I look at Jamie Lindhorst, and I go, God damn, she's as tall as the trees. This girl has got to be 5'9", not 5'6" not 5'7", 5'9". If Haley Cohen, who she had fought, okay, and remember, she had a suffering UCL, okay? So that ligament was fucked when Cohen got into the octagon with Linworth, all right? Uh, that elbow was ailing and still managed to take her down. I said, God damn, you know, this girl is a featherweight coming down two weight classes to fight Veronica Mikado. You you gotta you you gotta tell me the UFC knows something we don't, and and uh, I don't like that. You know, to me, I, I'm 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 speculating. Veronica is the side, and they want her to get through in the rankings. And uh, it is what it is, man. Jamie Linhorth had her shot and got a contract in the UFC, what she longed for. But I think this is a Mikado spot. All she's got to do, man, is do that. That shit she does, man. Just lateral movements around around the octagon, avoid a few kicks, tire down Jamie Lynn, and round two, man, just take that ass down twice. Mm. You know, in one round, if you can, third round, go for the ground and pound, you know, risk it. Yeah, Dan Hardy is one of those fucking minds, man, where it's like if you do have that guy in your corner and he's helping you, and I do like how you're using her original last name, um, it's just, you know, it is interesting, man. It's interesting to see that this girl who wasn't a very good fighter, I mean, seven and four and one, right? Um, seems like she might have turned a new leaf after that that little rest that she took. So, um, yeah, I like to take there. Jared, what you got here on this one? Uh, this really wasn't a fight that I was looking forward to very much. I didn't really feel confident on either side. I saw the line movement kind of initially coming on Hardy and then come back harder on Worth. I mean, not to be harsh, but it's low-level women's MMA. I wouldn't feel confident on either side. I think it's probably going to come down who the tougher girl is. So, but you got in my head, I'm probably going to have to side with Worth. You're on Worth too? Okay. So early on, Harry, you're the only one on uh, on Veronica. But I respect it, dude. That's an interesting take for sure. And I, I don't. I mean, hard to bet against Dan Hardy, man. It's hard. You know, it is hard, dude. It is really hard. Um. All right, moving on up here because we got some really good fights. That that doesn't seem to be a very exciting one initially, but we'll see what happens. Wellington Terman fighting out of like one of the country's best gyms, as small as it might be, and uh, he's fighting Jared Gooden. Um. Not gonna lie, dude. I don't know a ton about this one. But I'm leaning towards the the value side, the dog side. Um, it doesn't really make sense even in my own head. I'm just going on that side because I don't think that Terman should be a minus 200 plus. I mean, I think at this point he's minus 220, something like that. I don't think he should be that big of a favorite over m- much of anybody, man, to be honest. Um, I haven't seen anything too, too impressive. Um, I know Jared Gooden's coming off of a, a eight-month little break here but i don't think it's much different four months for for Terman was not impressed with that randy brown fight um some people say that he could have won all this stuff but i i definitely think that he rightfully lost that i don't know man this is a good matchup i think for Terman, but at the same time i just have to go with Gooden. i can't really give you any good reason i'm just leaning that way man 
Uh, Harry, we'll start with you on this one, man. I, I t- can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I take that, you know, and everything's going to come down to, to, you know, what the public is perceiving and how the fight went with Randy Brown, Randy Brown, you know, cause they, they both got, you know, a piece of, of, of that. And, uh, I want to, I want to, uh, again, just, you know, I, I realized that Wellington Terman came down from middleweight when he fought though, you can tell that he's learned to pace himself. So he's, he's, he's got the cardio there. He's, he's learning. He's added the leg kicks to his arsenal. He's looking like Pereira now, uh, but he's still on that straight line. I don't like it at all with someone who's relative to his age, who's always been a welterweight, who is a, what, a 6% on the betting splits. 6%, that's all the world is betting on good, and I'm not saying it's not worth taking Terman, considering his sparring partners. Right. But if Jared Gooden can take him down, and he can, but is that going to be part of his game? Then I'd say, you know, he's worth He's worth uh, he's worth the risk, um, but uh, I have no action uh, here in this fight. Not even confident to throw a pick out. You're 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 or, or maybe an over under anything like that. Ah, it's man, tough. it's you know I, it's because good in brawls, right? But but if man, if Terman could take someone down, trip someone down for the first time in his life, goddamn, <laughs> with that judo, with that judo. Ah man, or or submit good, and maybe when he enters, wow! Anybody expect this to go the distance? Uh, could he? He would have to risk it if Gooden really wants it. I'd say fight not to go the distance. Okay. If you're not comfortable with taking Gooden, I I know the fight not to go the distance would have good odds, and and that's what I would recommend if you have money to risk like that. Okay. Inside the distance. I'm just marking all these it, down. If, if Terman could submit this guy, it'd be incredible. If Gooden could get a ground and pound, that'd be great, you know? If we get a finish here, it's going to be pretty spectacular, I feel like, man. So that's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Gooden's got a, a significant reach advantage here. Uh, when I when I see like a two-inch reach. Yeah, he reach, does. He definitely does. You know what I mean? When I, when I see a two-inch reach, I'm like, who gives a fuck? That's one inch on each arm. But we're talking a five-inch reach. That's two and a half inches. That's significant, man. So... Uh, also, and, and Terman does not have that that sort of power uh, that you you he did at middleweight. Uh, his volume was lacking at middleweight, but at welterweight though, um, again, I'm 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 thinking for the Terman side, it would have to be a guillotine choke, you know, something to that effect. When Gooden dives, that's what I think. But Gooden, Gooden can finish this guy for sure. Yeah, because Terman's uh, really chinny too, by the way. So. Good thoughts on that. I appreciate that for sure, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that shit into account. Uh, Jared, what do you got on this one, man? Yeah, so I was gonna start really breaking down the site and start watching tape. And um, when I saw Wellington turn at minus two hundred, I'm like, I I won't take Wellington turn at minus two hundred against anybody. It just it doesn't matter. So I'm not. I'm somebody probably gonna die. Like probably not going the distance. If I have to summon to be determined, but I'm not betting this side. Okay. Not too confident either side and you're thinking inside the distance as well. Yeah, I just I mean Terman's chin just is non existent. Gooden slows down. I mean it's just 
it's not a fight I'd be interested in betting. Probably, I mean, if I'm betting it, it's dog or pass. Like, if I'm giving a pick, I probably determined decision could not go if you're on a double method. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you, dude. Um, one thing I was going to suggest about the sound, by the way, it, I wonder if you disconnected your headphones, if you just use the, uh, yep. are you guys hearing that or is it, am I crazy? Yeah, it's popcorn. It's popcorn for sure. Okay. I'm wondering if you disconnect your headphones. Cause I think that they're Bluetooth, right? So I'm just trying to figure something out, dude. Cause I want to hear your, your takes better, Jared, but, um, I heard you, uh, you, you, you'll just probably have to switch your sound settings on there. Uh, go to the sound settings and, and alternate those. But while you're doing that, Alex, where are you at here? We got both, uh, both. I mean, really, all three of us. It seems like we're leaning towards Gooden. Um, I know, I know, Harry's, you know, skeptical. But where are you at on this? I'm digging that no distance at plus one hundred. I, I do think this is a bar burner. Did watch, see what Terman was up to lately, and he's been doing a lot of boxing training and a lot of brawling style. And I think they both have a brawling style. So I actually would love to see a, a barn burner type of fight. And I think both of them could get knocked out. You know, I think they both chinny, and I think they both will give each other opportunities to get a finish in this fight. I think Terman does have more ways to win, which is definitely why he's the favorite here. I think he's the better wrestler. I think he can wet blanket him. I think if anyone's winning a decision in the grappling section, it's going to be Terman. But with that being said, unless Terman's improved greatly, you know, Gooden, Gooden could do well on the feet against him. Um. And I think if this fight is, is standing, it's 100% going to end within within the distance. I think the only way it goes to a decision if it th- term in, uh, wet blankets him and drags this out. But I, I, I would lean term in. I like the camp. I think he's had coming off of two very close fights, too, controversial fights. Right. Uh, he definitely lost against Petrosky, but that Randy Brown fight, I had Randy Brown, and I'm sweating. And the strikes at the end of the fight had term in up. Then they recounted later, 10 minutes, 15 minutes after the fight, and then Randy was up. So, you know, looking at the stats during the fight, I, I did not like how that was going. I'm wondering, too, man, if the odds are just like this because of the massive success that Texera MMA and fitness has had recently. I mean, in that tiny gym, there is three belts now. You know what I mean? Like, that's wild. So um, I think that that could have something to do with it. This dude is not Glover. He's not Alex. But he he could get there, man. He's only 27 years old. That's wildly young for the success that he's having and to be at this level professionally. Uh, moving on up the card, man. We're we're pretty much in agreement. Alex, did you give like a, a side on that? You're, you're going with uh, Terman? Yeah, I like Terman. Okay. Interesting. We got one person in each fight so far that's just going against everybody else. All right, man. This, one's in, this is interesting to me, to be honest, dude. Ihor Pateria versus Hadolfo Bellato. And when you say, why would this be interesting? Pateria sucks, right? Everyone thinks that all this shit. I am actually not that impressed with Hadolfo, dude. He's not very fast. I know he's a good grappler. He's only lost to one person, right? Vitor Petrino, who's a beast. This dude's an absolute animal, right? He's been knocked out cold both times. Um, the thing is, man, Ihor swings. This dude is a brawler. He punches. I mean, let's see how many knockouts he's got right here. Um, nine wins by knockout, three losses by knockout out of his 20 wins, almost half of his wins coming by knockout. Um, clearly Bellato can be chinned. He's one of the bigger favorites on the card. He might actually be the biggest favorite on the card. Um, unless, I mean, we haven't gotten to the Brundage fight yet, but <laughs> Cody might be, uh, the, the lowest, uh, you know, 
least favorite person to win. But these dudes size up well, man. I'm just not impressed with Bilotto, man. He's coming off of the contender series. It wasn't super impressive to me. Like he kind of fought somebody that I wasn't very, very, uh, you know, happy with. Um, I know that they were six and zero and whatnot, but just I, I, for some reason, I'm smelling something off with Bilotto here. Um, I will absolutely have Eeyore in a couple of my like fantasy lineups, right? Um, but I'm not confident at all. But for the sake of value. And just from what I see, the the pieces are there. There's a path to victory. It will come in the first round if Eeyore gets this done. Bilotto is the smarter side, but I'm going with Eeyore in this one. I think he chins Bilotto, man. Um, Jared, how's your sound going? If, if it's good, we can start you first, man. Yeah, let's see. Is this sound better for you? It seems to be better. It's just lagging. It's not as poppy. But, yeah, let's let's see how this goes, dude. What you got here with uh, Pateri and Bilotto? Um. Yeah, I'm all on Bellotto here. I, I think he's gonna probably make quick work of him. Um Eeyore's, he's aggressive and like that's been his friend all the way up until he got to the UFC. And his aggression just kinda works against him when he gets to that higher level, you know. Um he just finds himself getting caught. I mean his one win, but I mean Shogun's forty two, he's passed right. this time. I mean it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you too much credit on him like that. That and, celebration uh, killed it for me, too. I mean, you're not supposed to celebrate in Brazil yeah. after you knock out a dude like that. That was fucked up. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a bit much. But, um, yeah, not really a fan. I, I think it's kind of a little bit for Bellotto. He's probably going to matter there in the first round. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that the UFC wants Bellotto to win. I just think that, uh, you know, Eeyore. And again, I'm a conspiracy theorist. This Ukraine bullshit. That's going on. I feel like, dude, there was a while where these Ukrainians were just winning like crazy. It was wild. So probably the smarter pick there, Jared. Um, Alex, where are you at on uh, on this? Is my mic here? getting better, by the way? just want to ask. Is the mic any better? It, it still sounds weird, but it's not popping as much. I don't know. Maybe if you want to try and come out, like leave and then come back in. Um, yeah, if not, dude, it's fine. I can deal with it. I was just uh, just trying to get your opinions out there. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, okay. what you got? I like Bellato. I think he's fought the better competition. Just Vitor Petrino alone. And that right. fight, fight, it was it was competitive until it, it ended. But Ehor got one round in him. And my hot take is I'm ready for Ehor to have a close round against him, wait for that line to drop. Anything past the second round, I'm on Rodolfo on a live bet. Anything minus 200 or better, I want that line to get chopped down. But I don't think this is safe at minus 450 with Ehor having a good solid three minutes in him. But I want to see that first round get taken off. But I'll have my eyes very glued to that live, those live odds, tell you that. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I was actually, so I was confusing his contender performance with this LFA performance. I watched this LFA fight and it was shit to me. I know he wanted a unanimous decision, but it was just, he looked slow. It looked like he was content to just, you know, push the dude up against the cage and get that second contender series chance. Um, Harry, where are you at on this, dude? All right. So, uh, man, this guy, he, he, he's, uh, he stocks for, he's a slugger. Uh, I was watching tape and, um, heavy punching, flurries, his submissions on, on opponents he's had looked all right. Uh, the clinching, man. And I think that's where Bellato gets this guy. Uh, I, I, I'm Bellotto all the way. I, I think that, 
uh, again, same like Terman, man. I think I think um, Pretoria being an Olympian, uh, possessing like a bronze medal in judoka, again. But we see none of it in the octagon, man. Nothing that that uh, that uh, he can entwine like with his game, you know, with his over overall MMA. Um, that uh, you know, I, I like that Vitor Petrino's on uh, Bellato's record. And uh, that's the UFC conspiracy there, you know. <laughs> it didn't take much to bet him on Contender Series. We thought was easy. You know, everybody knows they, they'd they love for him to rematch but Vitor Petrino someday. I mean, right. I, especially with the opponent they, they faced him off with there. Uh, I mean, great, great wrestler, though, that guy. But uh, but too too short, not, not proportionate enough for, for the rank, for the weight division. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, Bellato all, all the way. Like I said, it makes sense. It's a smarter move, man. But I think if you're looking for some value, Alex, it's a good snipe shot, right? Like if you can uh, bank on this getting to round two and maybe your kind of winning round one, you can get in there. I think you're muted, Alex. The secondary choices, you got to you got to take that like first round finish, maybe that under one and a half. But I, I don't for know. Eeyore? For either one of them, but I, oh. I don't see it lasting long. No, and and Eeyore has that switch kick, you know, so he could buy time. And, you know, I'd love to take Pretoria over uh, Bellotto because Bellotto is not not impressive at all, brother. He is not, you know. Uh, He walks a straight line and that's all he does, you know, in the octagon. Yeah, Yeah, I I hear you and I agree with you. I just don't think this is the spot to fade him. And I'll be more honest, okay, more aligned to why in, 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 in how I... I, I perceive his personality indicator. I forgot what indicator he was. ESFJ, Myers-Briggs shit, right? I, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Guy, the, hey, hey, brother, the guy has a Louis Vuitton jacket on. He's wearing Montclair. He's wearing all this shit with only two, three fights under his belt. Wh- what? Photo sessions. And how often has he been sparring? This last year, go look, look at, look at any, any, anybody documenting his work between the last two years. This has been the, 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 the least amount of documented footage behind preparation for a fight camp he's ever had. Are you talking about so that? Alone, yeah. Okay. That alone is why I thought minus 450 was justified. And I think that minus 450 wasn't even opened. At minus four fifty, I think it was like maybe minus three fifty, and uh, you know yeah. who did have that huge line reversal though, the guy we're about to talk about next as you move up on the card. I think it's going to be interesting, man. That I mean, like I said, there's stacked fights on this card, dude. And I will say with uh, with Eeyore coming out of Ukraine, man, there's some shady shit that goes on there, dude. It's not just this money laundering scheme that's going on with our U.S. government here. There's some wild, wild corruption that goes on in Ukraine. I wouldn't be surprised if he's dabbling in some weird stuff. It's not hey, an accusation. His manager, his manager is Ali Abdelaziz from oh. Dominance, right? <laughs> that, I did so not I know mean, that. Okay. There you have it. Yeah, he's the there... king of the mismatch in the rigged fight, man. A lot of his fights are fish. They're just clear mismatches or his fighter just is the favorite that loses. Or he pairs his fighters against each other so he wins no matter what, right? Um. All right, let's move up the card here, man. Steve Garcia versus, uh, I'm just going to call him Milk. Milk Costa. Uh, people call him Milk Coffee. People call him all kinds of things. Milk Quizayel, I think it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, um, this isn't as easy as people are saying it is. I hear everybody on the Milk Coffee side, dude. Milk Quizayel. Everyone's on that side. 
Um, and by the way, when when people see him in in the octagon, his uh, alopecia or whatever the hell this is, vitilago, right? Um, that shit is not. He doesn't look like this, so you're not going to recognize him when he gets in there. Um, I don't know, man. Garcia's got a dog in him, dude. This dude gets dropped in just about every fight that he's in, but he still comes back and he makes these really competitive. He's got two wins: Shylon Nerd and Becky. And then uh, Chase Hooper, Chase Hooper is whatever win. I know he made quick work of uh, leave it, but I mean, these two dudes need some testosterone in them. They should allow those two dudes to take steroids. I think leave it and Hooper. I think that'd be okay. Cause they, I mean, those dudes are built like high school girls, man. It's wild, but I will say, dude, I'm all on the side of uh milk coffee here all day. I think um, even though I said, it's not as easy to, to just go one way or the other, he's the younger dude. Um, yeah. He's a little shorter. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm just seeing it. Uh, this dude is good at baiting people into his fight. Costa wants a brawl. I think he's out of shooter box, right? Uh, not Diego Lima, but I mean these shooter box. No, dudes. not Diego Lima. Definitely not Diego Lima. Yeah, it's Jao Emilio. <laughs> not sure who that is, but shooter box nonetheless. Shooter box. It's a similar style. They're willing to brawl. They're willing to take one to give one. They're tough. But they can be broken. I mean, these dudes can be broken in a lot of fights. Look at Charles Oliveira before he went on his run. Look at, um, I forget the dude that's 0-5 right now uh, out of that camp. Ringing the bells. Lacerda. Daniel Lacerda. Yeah, there you go. It's wild, right? So I think that, that Garcia gets into a fight, into a brawl with Costa. And I think he gets chinned. And I think it's fairly early, man. Um, so, yeah, give me Melk. Give me round one KO, dude. That's where I'm at on this one. But, um who did we start with last time? Alex, go for it, dude. Uh, I've been back and forth on this fight. Did a lot of tape on this fight. And I came to the conclusion that I, I like Garcia in the grappling. If if anyone's going to be winning in the grappling, I think it's going to be Garcia. That's like his safe point. And he's got a big Patty Pimblin complex. He's just like that. <laughs> Cracked every fight. Comes back. Wins grappling by any means. And Melk, I think he's going to be crushing Garcia on the feet. I think he's going to be doing pretty well on the feet, but I, I just think Garcia's got more of a dog in him. I've seen Mel quit. You know, he's fought better competition yeah. but against Thiago Elvis in his first fight. I, I really felt like he quit in that fight and he was being cocky, showboating, just to, you know, tap to a jaw lock. Yeah. And I was just disappointed in that fight. I love violence in this fight. I'm on the under two and a half, no distance. Uh, I like those bets, but if I had to pick a fighter in this, you know, it'd be tough, you know, because it, I like the I like the momentum from Garcia, but I, I think the here's another reason I really love would I would love to know who the ref is, right. but I, I guess I would go with Melk by KO, but I'm not super confident. I'm super confident that there's going to be violence in this fight. Yeah, I mean you're you're saying the same things I'm saying. You're just landing on a different pick, right? Uh, Melk Melk can be broken. Garcia doesn't seem like he can be unless he's unconscious or being suffocated. So yeah, man, um, just landing on the opposite side. It's interesting how that works out. But uh, Harry, where are you at here, dude? Well, you know Steve Garcia is more fist fighting than technical boxing. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And and with like that hundred percent takedown defense. I mean, what are you gonna grapple this guy? You know, uh, on like there's there's no way that uh, I think that Jackson Wink is preparing Steve Garcia to manage the octagon wall like 
said uh, George Masvidal, you know, against Colby Covington, if it got to that, you know, but I really think that Steve Garcia has an incredible edge in the striking here against Costa, which I believe when Costa does have trouble after looking through hours of, of fights from him, he goes to his grappling. He resorts to grappling. Um, so I think that Garcia, if anything, has prepared for the fight of his life here as a plus 150 underdog, you know, coming up considerably now that people aren't betting him. I, I, I like it even more. Mm. And I think that Costa is just relatively too young. I think he should invest in Diego Lima's gym. <laughs> just move over. Uh, hopefully after this loss. He humbles down and, and instead of saving his money, he starts investing in it and uh, he, he becomes what we see, you know, the potential we see in him. Uh, but I got Steve Garcia uh, through and through here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see where you guys are at on that, man, just because, I mean, that's why this card He's is a so red fucking flag. good. He's a bigger, he was a bigger dog against Chase Hooper than he is against Mel. That's what I'm saying. It's like. I don't know. There's just something off about this. And the, the whole card is like that. Like I'm saying, it's a, it's a solid card because all these fights that we just talked about, they can go either way, like 50, 50 fights. It seems like, right. So there's going to be, it a has lot to be that way. It has to be that way because the main card, you have the main event of the night, Armin Sarukian. So, and it's interesting how they set the, the odds up because if Armin is the side, God damn, we, you should have hammered him, you know? But if he's not the side, then they offset with one of these tricky fights that could have gone either way, where to willing right now Terman has ninety percent of the cash. Hmm. That's crazy. Interesting. So the books like almost need fucking uh good in the win, right? Is that what you're saying? Right, right. That would be one example. That would be one example. Yeah, here's another one. Uh Melquez Costa. He's, I think, like 90% of all the bets. Okay. You know, so, so, yeah, hey, know. Armin Sarukian's got 100% of the bets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they got to offset this somehow, the liability. They got to figure it out somehow because they're not going broke. I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, for and sure. And they set yeah. the lines. And they set the lines. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that ends up, man. Jared, you're back, dude. We, yeah, just maybe. In time. Maybe, might be. I don't know. How's this sound? Oh, you sound so much better, dude. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, man. I'm glad. Okay. So, what do you got in this fight? We, uh, since just to catch you up, uh, Alex and Harry are both on Garcia. I think that they're both favoring inside the distance. Harry on that side too? Inside the distance? Uh, I said Matt, but. Oh, you did. Okay. My bad. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not on inside the distance. That I'm not. That would be incredible, though. If Steve Garcia manages that, holy cow, propel him, propel him there. Okay, so then I, I misspoke, Jared. Me and Alex both are on, I'm calling him Melt Coffee, because I don't know how the fuck to say this dude's name. But where are you at on this one? Yeah, so it seems every time I see Garcia win, he's always getting cracked in the first round, or he's behind before he went. Like, you know, he's like a comeback kind of guy. And that's not the guy that I want my money on. I don't, like, whoever, I, I don't want my guy to be behind on the scorecards, and I'm hoping that he pulls off that miraculous knockout or comeback win. You know, it's it's awesome when you see it as a fan, but from a betting standpoint, I mean, the value is... Right, what about that time he faced Chase Hooper? He wasn't behind in that fight. 
Yeah, but that's, you know, Chase Hooper, who, you know, where's the striking? There, he really only has one threat. True. And I'll still maintain that after he's, you know, he put hands on what, uh, Fiore and Jordan Maybe. Levitt, two guys that are, you know, both jujitsu guys. It's so not trying to overrate, okay. <laughs> overrate here, you know. So, so if I'm understanding you correctly, you're going with Milk here. Yeah. Um, but Garcia's tough. He's gritty, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one go the distance. Wild. Okay. So yeah, we have all we are all over the place here. Uh I'm I'm confident in Melk inside the distance. Um I mean, we're all over the place here, man. I think it's going to be pretty pretty wild. This is one of the better fights of the night though, dude. On a stack. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a good good fight. 100%. This is another good fight. Like I said, so many good fights on this card. Joe Selecki versus Drakkar close here. Um Another, I mean, this is a striker versus a, a wrestler, really. I mean, people say striker versus grappler. Selecki's wrestling's good. Close is, I mean, he's a powerful dude. I think he's been off for a while, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean, kind of weird. I mean, that's always something that I worry about. But then we're about to get to that point with Michael Chandler. If he ever fights McGregor, I mean, like, you know, that, that's going to be a weird fight anyway. But, man. With this, I mean, Joe Selecki was my my instant. Like, when I first saw this, I'm like, dude, Selecki all day. Um, Carl Deaton the third, dude's not a good fighter. I'm sorry. I hate talking shit about any of these fighters. But, I mean, you look at this guy, Carl Deaton the third, you get an image in your mind, and it's like a Native American dude with a rat tail is what he actually looks like, right? You'd think that you'd have some dude in a powdered wig or something going by the third. Not the case. Not a good fighter either. Um Alex De Silva, decent, I guess, right? I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on Selecki on this. Uh, I kind of just recognized his name more, to be honest. But then looking into it a little bit more, I think Drakkar can take, you know, he can he can keep this standing. He can defend the takedowns. From what I understand, he's got good takedown defense. I actually can check on the number real quick, but I think it's something like north of 60% takedown defense in the UFC for close, which is going to be really good. Yeah, takedown defense, 69%. I mean, that's that's good when you're fighting a wrestler. And Selecki's only way to really win this, I think he needs to get takedown. So give me Drakkar close by knockout. Um, I think it happens maybe round two, possibly later in the fight. I think Selecki's going to keep him on his back foot for a little while, but then I think close catches him coming in at one point. So close by knockout for me. Um, Jared, since you just popped back in, man, what you got here with uh, Selecki and close? Yeah, so it's funny. You said when you first looked at this fight, you were all on Selecki. When I first looked at this fight, I was all on Close. Okay. And, uh, but just, so you're 100% right. Close has great takedown defense. The problem I have with that is when he's defending these takedowns, it doesn't mean he's not still pinned against the fence and not getting offense off it. I, I don't know. I've, I've, and injuries have kind of stunned his career a bit. I feel like he'd be in a much different place than he is now if it wasn't for injuries. I think he has like, you know, he's seven and two in the UFC. I think he has at least six canceled fights. It's just, I, I see, I think he's closer to the finish line than he is in the beginning. And um, I, I think Selecki's could definitely grind out a boring decision, just be a wet blanket. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. And he actually canceled against some decent fighters. Mark Madsen was good until recently. Diego Fajeda, uh, Jeremy Stevens, Luis Pena, Jai, Jai Herbert. I mean, the, yeah, Benil Darius. I mean, he's dodging bullets here. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing. He ended up having that Benil fight, and he got knocked out. Oh, he did it. Oh, okay, true. Okay, yeah, I totally. But I might be, I him. might be a little biased because uh, I trained at Nosos, and uh, in Dracar's debut, he beat up the head coach at my gym. Oh shit! So yeah, you can't pick him. That makes sense. It gives Hard me to. more confidence in my pick, to be honest. After you say you can't, <laughs> pick him, right? now you hear the bias come into play. Right, right. Okay, so you're on Selecki. Makes sense. Um, Alex, where you at here, dude? I was originally on Bar, and this is just due to the fact that I thought the the it was going to be a stand up fight. In my opinion, these are two wrestlers fighting. I don't really see. I see if jo- if Drakkar keeps it standing, he's just going to outwork him. I mean, he's done it in the past to better strikers than Joe. Uh, he's the rightful favorite here, but Joe can win if he gets takedowns and does that wet blanket strategy. Uh, he is more likely to get a sub, in my opinion, here. But he's inexperienced compared to Jakar by a little bit. Harry, what you got, dude? I just stepped back in. Shit, I thought you guys were going to keep going. My bad. <laughs> hey, Joe Selecki, man. I think that uh, the guy's a grinder. I, I do know what you guys mean about his mediocre striking. Uh, that, that could cause anybody apprehension, you know, who would want to take a fighter like that, but we do it all the time, you know, with guys that use uh, their striking to distract, uh, right. In order to get set up the grappling, set up the wrestling. And, uh, we, we've seen it with Jonathan Pierce. We see it often, Bryce Mitchell, man, you know, we see it all the time and, and you're right. You know, this guy, Joe Selecki is going to have to, uh, grapple your car close. And we know that. You know, he's going to be incredibly live, man. Maybe even minus 150, minus 200 odds round one. Maybe at the two-minute 30 mark in round two, he's going to be minus 500. And then all hell can break loose. And Joe Selegi could be plus 5,000. You know what I'm saying? Because right. he gasses out. Now, if your car close was not coming off of that ACL reconstructive surgery, yes. But... He is. And I have not seen Dracar Close fight a fighter in the last five years that can blend that mediocre, awkward striking like Joe Selecki has to grapple and wrestle. Joe Selecki's been grappling since he was six years old. The guy's got every sort of technique submission down packed on, on, on his, on his record. He's been through it all. And I think, uh, this is one of the biggest fights of his life. He 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 better he better get this guy out of there with a with half a leg. That's what I'm saying, brother. That's what I'm thinking. So that's who I'm sticking with, and that's Joe Selecki. You think he's got more to fight for here? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's not even more to fight for. He's got all the edge. You got someone there on a crutch, brother. You got someone there on a crutch, like Chris Gutierrez was on a crutch. You know what I'm saying? Lost his fight to Pedro Munoz. That was no surprise, right? We we just had that with uh, Alonzo Menafield and Jimmy Crute, an incredible wrestler. Same shit, MCL, ACL. You know, he came back whole, whole He's what? He's calling eight, out a trend. Months. He's calling the trend out. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Alex, I stepped away for your pick. Are you on that Selecki side too? Uh, no, I, I did like your car. Okay, cool. So yeah, we got two and two on this he, one. He persuaded me now. He, this is why it wasn't a confident pick. This is why I had nothing much to talk about because I wasn't even going to bet on this. 
Yeah, after hearing both Jared and, and Harry talk about this, it it is kind of, you know, like I said, I, I lean that way. I lean on the Selecki side right away. But then I'm thinking, is it just because I've seen more of them? Like, is that the only reason? You know, I didn't know about the ACL, MCL shit. That's definitely something. But you do see people come back from this and do okay, right? Again, I don't know. I I, I really don't know, man. It, it, this is another fucking good fight, to be honest. Another really, really good one. I, I mean, I'm fucking stoked for this card. It's crazy that I got to work BKFC. They choose to do their best fucking event on the, like a really, really good, you know, UFC event night. I can't bet on BKFC, but, uh, you know, it's all good. I'll, I'll have both TVs gone. Now, moving up the card here, Cody Brundage versus Zach Reese. Um, I might have a hot take for you guys here. Okay. I might have a hot take. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just completely stupid here with this. Zach Reese. I think he's got like three minutes of fight time in his professional career, maybe seven, something like that. This dude never sees a second round, man. Look at this. All of his wins come in the first round. Most of them by knockout. Okay. Um, we're talking one minute, 14 seconds, 52 seconds, 33, 50, his longest fight by a country mile is in amateurs, so we're not even counting that. It's a fucking four-minute fight. Four minutes and 13 seconds this dude's fought. That's his longest real fight. And it was in peak fighting, which I've never even heard of, to be honest, okay? Fury FC, obviously reputable. But, dude, I think Cody Brundage has something like, I think it's close to like two hours professional fight time, which, yeah, you can say he's not as dangerous, but look at the knockout, look at the finish ratio especially if we're talking wins. He's finishing dudes more often than not when he's winning. He's a powerful puncher. I think he's at a factory X. Yeah. Factory X, which is a good gym. Um, Dude. I don't know, man. A- after that last fight, it was so shitty. And we talked about this, Alex, you were like, dude, you have to go with Cody Brundage here at these odds. I was saying, dude, Malcoon, there's a reason he's this much of a favorite, but then you watch that fight back. You might've thought it was a stupid acting job by, by uh, Brundage, but this dude took multiple illegal shots to the back of the head. Multiple shots. Malcolm's a win got is a win. A win is a win. Hey, a win is a win, and, and good That's on you for getting that, man. I'm just saying, I think that that people are hating on this dude because his worst loss is Cedric Dumas. That's his worst loss by a lot. Adolfo Vieira, good fighter. Lord Mikal, dude, insanely good fighter, right? So, I mean, you know, he's he's losing to really, really good fighters. This would be probably his second worst loss. And I don't know. I think it seemed like something was off with him uh, when he fought Cedric Dumas. It was really early in the morning. I think there were the first fight on that night uh, it was that ABC card. Yeah, it was Taporia versus um, Emmett. And, yeah, they were the first fight of the night. They fought at like 9 in the morning, dude. Something was off of Brundage that day. I got to go with Brundage here, especially at these odds, man. I'm not confident in it, but I think if this goes into round two, I think it's safe to kind of hammer Brundage, man. I'm not recommending that by any means, but, dude, I have to go with Brundage here, man. Zachary Reese is unproven. I I, I actually think he could end up becoming a busted prospect, to be honest. But, um, Harry, we'll start with you on this one, man. What you got? Yeah, I agree completely, 100% with you. The whole knack about it, the whole feeling about it. I think that, uh, the magic is, is, is here for Cody, man, to finally, you know, make something of himself. I know he said, uh, in his fight prior to, um, no, this was his fight, the short notice one with, uh, Cedric Dumas. 
he, he was nervous about taking the fight. And he says that Maynard uh, told him not to worry. Something to he said, do not worry. We're going to talk about your contract after this fight. And lo and behold, man, he gets Zach Reese on a new four-fight deal. Okay. Like you said, with a guy with that. only two, three minutes of, of octagon time. Not only that, man, but Zach Reese was in the guard. Uh, I think Eli Aranov, Israeli uh, submission grappler, uh, was facing him at like plus 100 odds. Contender the Israeli series. tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One technical mistake led to the whole arm bar shit. Re- really stupid from him. And I just I just don't think Dana was, was looking to sign Zach at that time. That That's just in my honest opinion. That's what I discern from that. And so I like Cody here. I, I, I'm not impressed by Cody at all. You know, I I think Cody was just a, a wrestler uh, that uh, his girlfriend recommended to the UFC, and that's all he he knows for a sport. Uh, no striking, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and um, picked up wrestling late as it is, and I think that uh, you know, he's 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 deserving of of a win here. So I, I like him. I think technically he he could get this he could get this right. Uh, Ah man, I'd like to see him finish Zach on the feet. You know, give him a taste of his own medicine right. for that long ass reach. You know, in in that short man division. I'd love to see him drag this out, but unfortunately for Cody, this is this is like as the fight goes on, as crazy as it sounds, it's just going to get sloppier because Cody needs to finish this quick. I'm calling him Cody like I fucking know the dude, but I mean, I like him. Like I want to like this guy, especially after I rewatched that that Malcoon fight. He had every right to back out of that fight after after what happened. I thought he was acting. I was like, fuck this dude, you know, because I had a, I had a parlay riding on Malcoon. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I I actually feel for Cody after that because it was brutal. And, you know, getting back to what you were saying about this Eli Aronov, the Israeli tank fighting on that Israeli regional scene. I've heard it's one of the worst regional scenes in any country. Like it's a horrible showing of talent in the Israeli regional scene. So. Yeah, man, let's let's see. Let's go Cody Brundage so far, right? Jared, what do you got to say about this? Uh yeah, I'm like completely in the other direction. Uh <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm on Reese. I I don't think Cody Brundage is good. I, I think he's on his way out. I mean if, if for me, if you have realistically, I know he's nine and five. He should be eight and six. Um sure. If you have almost as many losses as you do wins, it's really hard for me to bet on you. Um, I mean, and I know Reese has only fought bums, and he's but he's done what he's supposed to do with them. He's finishing these guys in you know less than a minute or two. And uh, actually, if you go deep, if you look at his amateur fights, his first amateur fight was against Kevin Holland, and it was actually pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, I don't know. Right here. Yeah, right here. I'm kind. Of, I'm on it. I, I just. That's I, wild to see. I don't though. see Brundage yeah. giving him anything that he's not going to be able to deal with. I, I just. I'm completely the other way with this one. What about the line reversal? That doesn't bother you a little bit. And I mentioned that because there's only they were both published, not just Zach Reese, but also uh, Rodrigo Bellato. They were both minus four fifty. And then uh, suddenly on a Sunday, huge line reversal on Zach Reese, despite despite uh, him getting all the action. Rodrigo was not getting all the action. It was him getting all the all, all that steam. 
wait, are you hey, are you saying Zach Reese was minus four hundred? Minus four hundred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was around like two fifty ish. No, no, it reversed to that. Wait, so are you saying he was actually the, the dog? No, no, he was a heavy favorite. Heavy favorite and it's dropped. Okay. Like Rodrigo Bellano. Four fifty to what he is now. Exactly. I didn't know that had a line open. Hmm. I don't know, man. That's that. That to me, I mean, it's good information. And the four fight deal, man. I think yeah, that you know, Fanduel and DraftKings. In case you guys wanted to know, you know. Okay. Yeah, I use Fanduel. That's my book of choice. But yeah, interesting, my, man. My I think. I, I tend to agree with what Jared's saying, that Cody's on his way out, but then when you hear that he find a new four-fight deal, obviously those contracts can be terminated at any point, but that's something. That's something. You know what I mean? I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either, so that's good information. That I did not know that. Good looking. Alex, what you got here, dude? I mean, after winning on Cody last time at, like, plus, what, <laughs> 400, I was like, I'm ready to cash out, get off the bandwagon right now, but, you know, I, I am willing to listen to the scenario that the it does really feel like the UFC want to give him a second shot fuck they're giving them a chance to go 50 have a 50 50 record right now you know what I mean to go 10 and 5 and actually look like have a record to be in the UFC you know they're giving him like the fourth chance it's like Tony Ferguson all over again but on the prelims um yeah I, I didn't really like this fight. You know, I, I hate betting debutants, huge favorites like this, especially off the contender series, um, because they just, the trend has been against them. But, you know, even the under in this, the, the no distance is juiced to the max. You know, under 1.5 is about minus 200. That'd probably be what I'm leaning. I'm leaning violence. But, uh, I, I did like Reese. I, I trust the striking, and I believe if he can keep it standing, stop takedowns of Cody. And, you know, Cody's always looking rough in every fight, and he's like one of those comeback players. And in that scenario, the odds are going to get better live anyway. So why take him at plus 200? Because if he's getting beat down, he's going to be plus 1,000. And if you think he's going to come back then, might as well just wait. So who you got here? I'm gonna have to go with Reese as the odds right now. Because but I think dude, that's why I always that's why I messed up your last pick because I totally thought you were going with Brundage right there after what you said in the beginning. So I must you must have done the same shit when I fucked up your other pick, dude. So you're going Reese. Uh, no, I was going with Reese. I, I just I like this tape. I like how how, All right. how much pressure he has and just Cody just doesn't do well with pressure. He's always losing until he comes back. You know, a lot of guys who just a lot of comeback fighters on this card. You know? it, yeah, it is interesting, man. Um, man, I love when we're split. We got me and Harry on uh, on Brundage, and then you and Jared on uh, Reese here. That's a uh, that's gonna. I be love it because one. you faded Brundage last time, and now you're on him, and I'm like, ah, oh, why? How it goes. Yeah, I, that's the thing, man. I I think that uh, I think it was a I, it was a good stoppage. The same way that you like Ankalaev, and you think he's going to be a future champion. I don't think he's going to be a future champion because his dog shit fight IQ. This dude has Curtis Blades level fight IQ. Um, I don't know. We'll see though. We'll see what happens against him and uh and uh, fucking that crazy ass sh- dude. I don't know if you heard about that shit going on with him and uh, supposedly texting a fifteen year old girl or some shit. I heard it was fake, and I hope it is fake. We'll see though. That's yeah. Um, the Johnny Walker dude. 
No way. On yeah, it's Snapchat. fake. It's Snapchat. Okay, but it was fake though, right, Harry? Like the people were saying, like this was a total bullshit it's, thing. Man, that shit was so pixelated. Okay. It's like someone sent it from Brazil or some shit. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he probably pissed off somebody, and they tried to do, you know, try to <laughs> try to frame him for something. But he's no, uh, he's no Ian Gary. They're trying to do this to distract from Ian Gary's shit. Is what they're doing. Because Ian Gary, professional cucking, is wild. I'm trying to get my computer to respond here real quick. Here it goes. Not as right. bad as O'Malley. Dude, it's far worse than O'Malley. At least O'Malley's having fun, and he's already champion. Ian Gary, dude, I don't know. I think it's karma for that Neil Magny shit. You can't talk shit about somebody as cool as Neil Magny. Nah, because Ian Gary's girl is 40, and he's she's still hotter than O'Malley's fucking 25-year-old girlfriend. Blows her out of the water. She's got the bread. She's got everything. And he ain't, she ain't banging her, <laughs> his friends. You know what I mean? Dude, but she... All that. Imagine, though. Imagine these two sitting there eating steak. And Ian Gary's like, can I have some of that steak? And the vegan... Because nutri- he, he's a vegan. He's making him be a vegan, like the nutritionist. And he's like, no, you got to eat some fucking tofu. Sorry, buddy. I'm going to go fuck your uh, your wife right now. That's wild. It's wild. So I'm... I'm uh, not a fan of Ian Gary after all that shit. Yeah, Plus, I bet you, I bet you, she got more money than him anyway. So if they, he, he does leave, he's gonna make a bag anyways. Probably. Trust. Trust. I don't know. Taking your wife's name, I think, is a weak move too. I will say. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but yeah, we'll move lost, on. Lost all respect at that point. That's rough. Yeah, that's I know it's Machado, mean. but still. <laughs> if I needed another reason to not like him, like that. <laughs> all right, all right, dude. Misha Tate versus Julia Avelia. This is that one eight hundred gambler. I mean, if you if you guys know somebody that's got a strong take on this, there is a phone number that you can give them. <laughs> There's probably some sponsors out there that could help them get past the hard times. Mommy. I'll let you start, dude, because I have no take on this. I'm leaning towards Avila, Avila, whatever. I don't even know her damn name. Obviously, everyone knows Misha Tate, but Alex, start with this one. Avila got that mom power. She coming off having that baby. She gonna knock this girl out. Let's go. Okay. All right. You think she's uh, going to actually hey, finish her? I want to knock her out round one, under half a round, real quick. Give me that Mark Smith stoppage. You already know. I'm coming in quick. She's going to come in quick. She don't know what to do. She's just going to cave in. She's just going to shell up, and she's going to give a ref a hundred reasons to stop it. She's not even going to be barely hurt. She's just going to go in there and quit, take her $200,000 paycheck, go home. Avila, you're saying? No, I'm saying Misha Tate. She's getting the two hundred thousand dollars paycheck. She's gonna go in there, un- lose in under half a minute, just shell up to the shots, and she's gonna go home, take that check, okay. go home. So you're saying she's gonna throw the fight? That actually makes sense. I mean, why not? Just gonna quit in there. Avila's gonna come in there and just mama bear this girl. It she's felt like uh, she's felt way like Andrade was doing that for a while. Hands, she's gonna come in there and put them hands on her. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Honestly, I thought you were going with uh. I thought you were saying the opposite of that, but dude, it just, I don't know. It, it, some of these girls, sometimes when they're going through hard times or, or something just like life changing, like having a kid, it can either really benefit them or it can fuck them up. Right. I mean, it's no secret. Women are more emotional. I'm not talking shit. It's just a fact. I don't know. You, you never know with, uh, with women's MMA. Um, Harry, what you got here, dude? And, and you're right. You're right. And so good thing we know that she was at the UFC PI. For three quarters, bro, this entire year. Okay, three quarters. And um she being who? Sorry, Harry. 
uh, Julia Avila. Okay. Looking for a fight. She's like, I need a fight Ooh. booked. She's like, hey, I understand we could do bantamweight, but I'm willing to do featherweight. I need a fight. I want to fight. I know where I was sitting before I had to get, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, go through rehab because she too had, I think, uh, uh, ACL reconstruction. All right. And that's why she sat out so long. Then she said, fuck it. While I'm in rehab, I'm going to get pregnant. You know, and she got a C-section. She got cut wide open. All right. So, but with all this said, with all this said, Misha Tate said, I don't want to keep getting hit in the face. I was going to bet Misha Tate. All right. The UFCPI finally cleared uh, Avila in September. So Avila was happy as fuck. And Tate got offered the fight. And so, so with, with Tate's comment, I, 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 you know, if I never had heard that, I would think that Ronda Rousey would get booked with her for UFC 300. And right, so right. I was going all in Misha Tate, man. I was going all in Misha Tate, right? And, uh, but then I saw video footage of, uh, Ronda Rousey and I think she couldn't get a suplex going. Uh, so there was something wrong with her, 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 her knees. I'm like, God damn, man, everybody's aging here. What is it with these knees? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're older girls now, you know, so right. I, I like Avila here, man. She was going to fight uh, Raquel Pennington, who's fighting Myra Bueno Silva here soon. And uh, for the bantamweight strap. And I think that the UFC has plans for Avila there because she fights like Raquel Pennington, except uh, without the clinch work against the the wall there. I like it. I like the analytics there because I'm just going with, dude, I can't possibly pick a side here, but then there's actually some reason to go with Avila. Um, man, it makes sense, dude. I like that. Jared, are you going to be, are you going to be on the other side of this? Where are you at, dude? Yeah, dude. So I tried really, really hard to find a reason to bet on Misha Tate. Like, I don't know if it's because I was watching UFC back when it was on Spike and shit. Right. I just, I really, really was trying to find a reason to bet on her. And just watching all of her fights, man, like, back to when she was at her peak, the striking's just never been there. And it's like, I I just don't see her. It's just, I, I feel like Avila, minus 150, minus 160, it's a gift. I mean... I okay. just don't see what Misha's going to do here at this point in her career. She's been, she's already talking about retirement. It's just, there's no way. I, I really, really wanted to find a spot on Misha here. And I just couldn't for the life of me find one. But it, it is worth noting in all these fights that she looks so bad, she like somehow finds a way to survive. And only three girls have stopped her in her career Kat Zingano, Amanda Nunez, Ronda Rousey. All former champs. Another one this weekend, plus 475, knockout. So are you talking about, are you? I'm not saying she can't get finished here. I'm just saying, like, she, there's a few amount of girls that have been able to finish her. And the ones that at that time, they were the, they were the top of the mountain. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And kind of give her a pass there. But at this point, there's no way I would go anywhere near Tate. Avila minus one sixty minus one fifty. That that's just a gift. So who did you say Harry was the other person on this card that had the ACL MCL surgery shit? 
Um, Earlier? Dracar Klaus. So there's a nice parlay there. A, a, a torn ACL MCL parlay. You could take a Vila. You could take Klaus. Right now, I'm convinced one of them is going to lose. Now I'm convinced on Selecki. Man, like Tate, Tate, Tate and Avila, that's a tough fight, though, man. You know, we don't know if the UFC is giving this girl Tate a bone. Remember, man, Tate and Dana are very close. We we don't see them, you know, on the tabloids and shit. We don't see them in the uh, at press like we see, uh, what's her name, Jarrah's deck? You know, she, she's more seen. But, 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 man, if they threw her a bone here, and, and I say this, too, because Avila... She, again, she wasn't cleared by the PI for nearly nine months. Okay, not only that, you know, she wasn't getting her weight under control because of the breastfeeding, and she was cut open. She didn't give vaginal birth. She gave a. She had her child through C-section, so they ripped through that abdomen like several <laughs> layers in that wall. You know. And and so it's it's this is tricky, but Avila's a dog, man. She's an animal, and I love the fact that she was booked for Raquel Pennington, and she is that fighter, man. You know, if you like Veronica Hardy, you're gonna love Avila. I'm telling you, man. That I, I if Alex is is saying knockout, it's for a reason because this is that girl. She fights for your money, man. She, dude, nobody, there's no female MMA fighter like Myra Bueno Silva and Avila who cry and scream and pull their hair after every fight that they win in the center of the octagon, kneeling, yelling like outlandishly. And that to me, man, that shit marks a spot there you ain't, you're not forgetting. It sounds like if you were in the corner of Misha Tate, you would tell her to just kick that fucking stomach as hard as you can. <laughs> it sounds like right i mean i see what you're saying with the with the with the c-section but from what i understand that's like a lot less stress on the body you know doing a c-section versus the natural birth now granted this is a little while ago at this point right but fucking two years off dude i mean that's what i'm saying that's why there's no two and a half month you know two and a half years essentially yeah you know one and a half years we're just i'm, I'm rounding up obviously I don't know, man. Like you said, it is such a it's such a tough choice, but it seems like Avila is the the obvious pick here. Even though realistically, I don't think there is. Alex, I'll give you props, dude. If this happens, I'm gonna have money on Avila. But if it happens like the way that you're saying, as confident as you are, I'll give you. I'm props, putting, I got a little. I'm gonna put a little bit of money. I'm gonna money liner, obviously, but right, I'm right. gonna put a little sprinkle on something by Narco that plus four seventy five. Absolutely, that's how she's gonna get it. I don't know why the submission and why the inside the distance is so low at plus two forty. I think she can only knock this girl up. Interesting. I like it. So we're all in Avila there. It sounds like I think this is the first fight that we're all in agreement, which is meaning probably that fucking Tate's gonna win, right? That's how these things work out. Got so the balance. <laughs> all right let's go moving up the card uh this is another one that i think is not as easy as a lot of people are gonna make it uh i'm gonna call him puna puna soriano versus dustin stolzfus um stolzfus getting a bad rap for some reason i don't know why i know that he, i mean he's fighting a high level of competition here man yeah he's, he's looking like shit funny, that's why i should never bet on this guy yeah, I mean, I uh, I actually did have a boost, and he took some time off after that brutal knockout, man. He needed it, too. I mean, after you get knocked out like that, you need to take a break. One time we won. Dude, Puna is not good, though, man. Alex, I don't know what you think about Puna. 
Dude is not that good. I mean, I, both, I know he's got a decent look record, nine and three. He's lost me money. Both of these guys lost me money. Kind of sick when I see both of their faces. Kind of don't even want to even talk about the right. fights. Both That's of them the, together. I mean, you look at these guys too, though. They're both fighting high levels of competition. Roman Kopilov, no slouch. Phenomenal fighter. Nick Maximov, pretty damn good too. And Brendan Allen is going to be a future middleweight champion. No All doubt in my mind. guy's losing to wrestlers, and who's he fighting? A wrestler. So Dustin Stolf, who's got a clear path to victory. Guy who fucking finished who Joe Pfeiffer hurt him. You know, it's hard not to have a case for Dustin Solfus, another guy that treat kind of giving him the Cody Brundage treatment again. You know, well, dude. So this is my thing too. Like, look at these odds. Ninety three percent of tapology is on the knockout essentially of Soriano, and that is the way that he gets it done. But my thing here again, looking at conspiracies, looking at the way this shit could be a little bit weird. Dana White loves no one more in this world right now than Joe Pfeiffer, okay? I mean, this dude loves Joe Pfeiffer. Be Joe Pfeiffer, right? So Dustin Stolfus goes in there, fucks up Joe Pfeiffer. Now Joe Pfeiffer's going on a little run. If if Dustin Stolfus looks like shit and this guy beats Pfeiffer a while ago, it, it kind of makes Pfeiffer look shitty, right? If Stolfus ends up kind of getting like a second wind and starts looking good, finishing dudes you know, getting good matchups and winning, it just elevates Pfeiffer. And maybe there could be a Pfeiffer rematch. You know Pfeiffer wants that rematch in the UFC, too. So I'm on Stolzfus here. I know it's another stupid pick, but I don't think fucking Puna should ever be a massive favorite like this. Nothing against the dude. He hits hard as shit. I think he's a Hawaiian dude. Yeah, Oahu. Um, I don't know, man. I I think that this dude is uh, just not very technically good. Stolzfus, like you said, has the good wrestling. And uh, I think that the UFC actually wants Stolzfus to win. So give me Stolzfus. Give me a decision. Um, Jared, we'll start with you, dude. Yeah, I mean, if if Stolzfus is going to win, it would be by he can wrestle a decision out. That's his. I think that's his only path to victory. I understand the Joe Pfeiffer thought, but at the same time, Joe Pfeiffer just got scheduled to fight Jack Hermanson, right? And he's ranked, what, number 10? I think Stoltzfus, as much as he'd like that rematch, I think that's in the rear view. I think Pfeiffer wants it is what I'm saying. Pfeiffer wants no, it. I know Pfeiffer, no, I know Pfeiffer wants it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that he wants it because he was winning that fight. That, that was an injury. You know what I mean? It was like he threw up a triangle, and when he went to slam him, he ended up snapping his arm. And, you know, it was just – I think Stoltzfus is in the rear view. I'm – I, I totally get that point of view. I try to look at it. I'm trying to look at this like just the X's and O's. Tuna Hell is a wild striker, which is why he lost to Kopilov. Kopilov throws straight. Tuna Hell throws wild. Hooks. They yeah. both hit hard, but one's more effective than the other. Stoltzfus only got one path, in my opinion, and that would be to wrestle his way to victory. I think he's probably going to get starched before that. So I'm going to side with Soriano. A smarter pick, for sure. I'm, I, But... If we're, if we're talking like how Harry's talking, you know, 90% of people on one side or the other. Now, these aren't betting numbers. These are just idiots picking on topology. I would imagine there's a lot of money on Soriano, and the books need Stolzfus to actually probably pull this off. I don't know, though. I, I don't have access to that information. Alex, where are you at on this one? I like Soriano. I, you know what it is? I'm kind of biased. He's training with another champ. You know, it's kind of like the Thurman thing going on. You know, he's training at a really good camp that's extremely hot right now. You know, they're having a great year, and he's kind of due to get a win here. And Austin, the perfect person to get a win. Hopefully, he just 
keeps it standing. But then again, this is just a classic fight for him to just get wet blanket again. Um, it's hard to trust him. The IQ is just out the window. It's just I, I would never bet this fight. You know, if if you had to put a gun in my head, you know, I'd probably just throw twenty five bucks on Dustin Solfus and hope he gets takedowns. You know, but I, I can't trust Soriano here. So what's your pick here? All right, I'll go with Dustin. I'll fade you guys, all you guys. Hey, I'm on Dustin too. So let's go. Harry, where you at, dude? Yeah, I, I know how um, how apprehensive anybody would be to bet uh, Punel because of his cardio. But he is credentialed, man. His wrestling, his grappling, his striking, his polishing, his gym, his coaches, his trainers, his sparring partners – he definitely wants this more. And I think the irony of everything is that the game plan has to be to wear down Dustin. One thing that I don't like about Dustin, uh, where I lost complete respect from him, and I'm glad I, I was able to hear this out on an interview, was uh, when his uh, short notice fight was announced for Abbas Magomedov. Mm. He said, I'm going on vacation I'm I'm looking forward to a Thanksgiving and Christmas. I, I'm going into a long vacation after this fight. That's what he's telling the interview, and um, he's like, I, "I'm, you know, that that's really where my head is." But, but that, that that does not take away the fact that I'm 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 ready. I'm prepared. I'm gonna make weight, and I'm gonna go in there to fight. That's what I get paid to do. All of thirteen and, seconds. And, yeah, and, and and all of a sudden you see him get knocked the fuck out. Don't tell me I didn't tell everybody to put 80% of their account on Abbas Magomedov that day. I went straight to the storyboard on Instagram and I said, I guarantee you, I guarantee, I told everybody, screenshot your shit. If you lose, I will reimburse you. I know this kid, <laughs> he's going in there with half a brain and half a heart. The other shit is with his girlfriend for that field trip he's taking some somewhere for Thanksgiving and then Christmas. He had this whole shit planned out. He talked more about that than his fight. I don't know if it was with James Lynch, but it was an interview he did. And I respect for him that day. I knew he would give up. Tiny heart syndrome. I didn't like that shit at all. And against Punel, who needs this? Come on, man. You know who put him out? Roman Capilov put him out. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's that is interesting. I uh, again, what a fucking card, dude. I mean, there's there's literally a legitimate case. Who are you like in here? You like Soriano? Yeah. All right, but yeah, man. I mean, we're uh, we're two and two, dude. It's you and me, Alex, against these guys on this one. But uh, fuck, I'm not confident. I'll tell okay. you that right now. I'm not confident. I, no, I'm gonna have Stolzfus in a couple of my my DraftKings. I usually do like five or six of these things. You know what I mean? I have one that's pretty underdog heavy in my fantasies, and then I have like actual like half of my shit is like who I think is going to get finishes. Stolzfus will be in like one, just on the off chance. Because anytime you look at the top of these boards, like some of these people are like you never thought that they would be in the ideal lineup, and they are. You know what I mean? Like that's how you got to zig when everyone's zagging to to get to the top of those things. Uh, best I've ever done is like fifteenth out of like two thousand. It's not that great, so I'm trying to get that number one spot. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving up the card here, Clay Guida versus Joaquin Silva. 
a lot of people are confident on Joakim, and I am one of these people, man. Uh, I don't think that this needs too much thought. Clay Guida, I mean, just a legend of the sport, dude. Um, probably more Hall of Fame fights than any other fighter, possibly. Robbie Lawler status, essentially, when it comes to just how like willing this dude is to fight. And, um, I mean, I'd love to do it. It'd actually be really cool to see him win. I'm probably not going to have too much action on this because I want Guida to win. Again, he'll be in a few of my fantasy lineups. But I think it's Joakim all day. He might actually get his first ever UFC submission here. Um, even though his fucking nickname is Neto BJJ, you think this dude would be all submissions. He has like none. Um, he's got three. You think that somebody like this would have like nothing but submissions. So yeah, give me that, uh, that submission win in the UFC here. What you got here? Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, I, I'm on Silva too, but I had a different method. I liked him by knockout. I think. But I, I do think that he will have opportunities to sub. You're good. You're right. Because if Clay's shooting on him, you know, that guillotine's there. And uh, we just susceptible to that. But I'm all over Silva here. We did miss this, too, because this was minus 200, minus 180. Now it's smoked. Wild. Minus yeah. 300. Even the f- finished props are getting smoked. I like that KO at plus 220, 250 range. Now it's getting smoked to 150 plus 200. So if you like Silva, get it in as soon as possible. That line's just continue to get smoked. Interesting. It's wild to see that, you know, more people are in favor of uh, uh, Puna than Silva in this. You know what I mean? You'd think that this would be the widest, like, margin of win on, on any of these fights. Harry, where are you at here, man? Uh, th- this one was a no-brainer for me. I mean, there's a lot of edge, particularly in age. I mean, what, Guida, December 6th turns, what, 42 or some shit? Yeah. But uh, particularly, um, Clay Guida, this was on the Stephen Holland, St- Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Holland card. Uh, he fought with Holtzman. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, in uh, on the operations table... Uh, there was a uh, a floor manager who signaled for Clay Guida to the referee and said, despite Clay Guida, this is the handsome, but you can see him, this is what he does. Okay. This is what he does. And and it's all over, all over uh, small snippets, uh, JPEGs, PNGs, and, and, and memes and all that shit they published after that. He, he signals to the ref. He acknowledges. And that's how Clay Guida gets his his W to for retirement. Shortly after, Dana White is asked, you know, about Clay Guida. You know, we thought he'd retire, and you know, he tells him Clay Guida said never he would never retire. And Dana he he gets upset about that remark, and he says, Yeah, I don't know why why he would do that, why he would waste time like that. You know, yeah. we have a production going on, we got a production going on. I remember that. And then he gets Rafa Garcia. And now he gets Joaquin Silva. So I'm pretty sure they want him to get knocked the fuck out. And he is not part of that trend where veterans are going out like, hey, Robbie Lawler. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody doing this man favors. Clay Guida's getting fucked up, man. Interesting. Interesting. I just don't know if... uh... If Neto's the one to do it to him, man, he's got a fucking chin, dude. I mean, uh, you know, Guida, that is. Guida's got a chin, man. He's only been knocked out twice out of 60 fights. That's tough, oh, man. I know man, he's but, getting old. 
But Joaquin's athleticism, his condition, you saw it with Sarukian. He almost knocked out Sarukian, you know. And then Sarukian couldn't knock him. I had to ground and pound uh, sure. Joaquin, who was all out of gas anyway. So, you know. But I'm pretty sure, man, everybody just wants this guy out. You know, he could have he could have took his two years. You know, uh, Clay Guida could have took those two two fights. And, and I don't know if you knew this. They convert that to like celebrity time or some shit like that. I don't know how they, they clause this up in their contracts, but they, instead of fighting, they use their time uh, on UFC time. You get me? Touring around the world and, and shit like that. Making appearances. And he didn't. He didn't do it, man. He played everybody. He didn't retire. I want to hear what Jared has to say, but real quick, I mean, you're not, you're not worried with the pace that, that, Guida puts on people because I like I said I'm on Silva too but you're not worried that if if Armin can wear this dude out you know what I'm assuming is a three-round fight as well right uh yeah it was so if he can if he can wear this dude out if Armin can wear out Silva you don't think that Guida could wear out Silva as well no it's not it's because there's a lot of tape on Clay Guida you, you know, there's a lot, you know, look yeah. at that fight with, with Claudio Puez. There's there's a lot of things that that he didn't do with Garcia. Like if he kept it standing up, Garcia, I mean, easy stuff, easy stuff. Joaquin can stuff him, you know, so now he knows how uh -huh. to do it. So, you know, and, and, you know, Clay Guida is on the smaller side of lightweight. He is yeah. on the smaller side of, of lightweight. 5'7". Verse five eight though, you know. So yeah, we'll see, man. It, I I'm right there with you, and it's nice to hear that you're saying that shit because um, I just I was kind of simplifying it, just saying Guida's old. But yeah, man, you're right with all that shit. Jared, where you at here, man? Yeah, so um, I love Clay. He brings it every fight. I hate betting on him. I hate betting against him. I just I feel like get my heart broken either way. Um, <laughs> Fight goes the distance. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to bet on Clay's toughness at least. Hey, that's not a bad look. Um, I'm going to keep it short. I feel like he's getting set up for disaster here, which he probably is, but I'll never count Clay Guida out of a fight. I like it, man. Yeah, it is sad every once in a while. I uh, I was real what, what What's up, Alex? Count him out. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I, I get what he's saying, man, because like, uh, you know, this recent time that that Gaethje and Poirier fought, I love Poirier, man. I like that style that he brings. Obviously, Gaethje, you know, your favorite fighter's favorite fighter, all that shit. Uh, I actually, my one of my old elementary school friends is his girlfriend is Justin Gaethje's first cousin. Like they grew up together and shit. Uh, he's I'm from Tucson. They're from Safford, and uh, I mean badass. But like, dude, I wanted Poirier so bad, but just something in me just told me that that Gaethje was gonna win that, and I had to bet against my dude. And it ended up paying off. But you get those feelings every once in a while, man. You got to go with them. Um, all right. We're actually, we've been in the main card here. This is, it's rare when you get more than five fights in a main card. I hope that none of these fights fall through, man. Like, usually when there's 13 fights, a fight or two falls through. I mean, they must likely, they're giving him a main card slot, right? Well, are, are they doing that or are they giving Joaquim Silva a main card slot to show out a little bit against the legend, right? I mean, it's it's tough in a fucking massive. I mean, Guida's going to be popular in Austin too, man. He's going to get a huge pop, I'm sure. But um, yeah, we'll see what's up here in this next one, man. This is this could be a really good fight here too. And I got a I got a couple thoughts on this: Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. Gastelum originally 
a welterweight, moves up, fights a lot of his career at middleweight because this dude just couldn't stop eating and smoking. He's very outspoken. He smokes weed, right? And that tends to make you want to eat more. I don't know. The dude's got some of the worst physique in the UFC, but this isn't a bodybuilding competition, as John Jones said against Cyril Gaon, right? My big thing here, I'll keep it short because I know we want to get through the rest of these. Kelvin Gastelum never really been out wrestled unless someone can can uh, remind me of something that I'm missing. Never been out wrestled. Sean Brady. What's up? Robert Whitaker. Did he out wrestle him? Took him down four times. But didn't he stand back up four times? Took him down. That's that's takedowns, though. I'm saying wrestling. You know he what I mean? He out-wrestled him on the scorecard. He out-wrestled him. He had more control time, and he had more he had more takedowns. It wasn't okay. too much control time, but it, it was enough. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It was enough to win for sure, too. Um, I, I mean, and Sean Brady's no Robert Whitaker, right? This is up a weight class. Gaslam dropping down. He's finally, he's paired up with Fight Ready. You know, uh, Santino DeFranco. Uh, this is an Arizona gym. I'm somewhat familiar with them. Henry Cejudo, right? Now, Sean Brady got knocked out by pillow-fisted Bilal Muhammad. I'm not disrespecting Bilal Muhammad, but striking isn't the dude's game, right? This dude will win a street fight by split decision. So it's very interesting. Bilal Muhammad gets in there, knocks this dude out, standing KO. Sean Brady fighting at a Henzo Gracie. Their striking coach should be fired, man. Like, straight up. Their striking coach is fucking bad at a Henzo Gracie. Nothing against the gym. But really, the only decent striker is Joe Pfeiffer, unless I'm forgetting somebody. But you look at you look at uh, all these dudes fighting out of Henzo Gracie. They're getting knocked the fuck out. And Sean Brady, in his interview, said he wants to prove that he can strike with Kelvin Gastelum. That's a bad fucking move, in my opinion. So Horrible. I think, yeah, I hated to hear that, too. Yeah. Everybody I think back in Sean Brady hated to hear that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that that's a bad move, and I, I believe him when he says it. These Philly dudes, they that you know, there's a boxing culture there. Um, this dude wants to go out there and prove to himself and and all this shit that uh, that he can strike with somebody like Kelvin Gastelum. I think it's going to go really bad for him. I think that if Bilal can knock you out, I think Kelvin Gastelum can knock you out quicker and actually knock you the fuck out, not just standing TKO. So give me Kelvin Gastelum, give me knockout round two, man. I think uh, I think he's going to get it done round two, if not round one. Um, Jared, I'll start with you, man. What you got? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Kelvin's just so for the past. So he came to the UFC at 170, right? Past what eight years he's been at 185, and he's dealt with strong guys at 185. Jack Hermanson, Jared Cannonier, um, Bisping. Yeah, Bisping. I mean, I mean the Vitor fight was pretty bad, but uh, yeah, Tim Kennedy. But I, it's one of those things where you know I feel like the they're going to end up coming into a clinch. And as soon as they get into that, you're going to feel the other person's power. And I feel like he's going to feel Brady's power. And he's been dealing with that more than that at 185 for the past eight years. So given Kelvin Gaslam doesn't look like death on the scale, I got to go with Kelvin. I have to see him on the scale first because he hasn't made this weight in eight years. His, I'll pull up his Instagram while, uh, so do you have a method or anything that you're thinking for uh, for Kelvin? Should he look good on the scale? Um, I would think I would think it goes the distance. I I, I think it's a good fight. Okay. I I know 
fucking Brady's kind of getting a bad rap for that last fight, but I don't know why it pains everyone to say it so much. Bilal's fucking good. I mean, you you get cracked sometimes. It, it happens, you know. I mean, everyone yeah, I has- actually like. I don't mind the dude. I just think that he's not a good striker. You know what I mean? Oh no, he's not known for that. But it was perfect for that to happen. You got a wrestler versus a wrestler, so they end up striking. If someone's definitely going to get caught, I think it. And I don't know if you rewatch that first round, Brady actually looked pretty sharp in the striking. He had a sneaky left hook. Um, but Kelvin's such a vet. How the fuck is Kelvin 32 years old? Dude has like over 20 UFC fights. Yeah, that's that's similar like how I feel about Brendan Allen, man. I thought he was way the fuck old. He's 27. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's these, crazy. These dudes are, are uh, I think that that says a lot, man. When someone's younger, you think they've been around forever and they're younger than you think. They're, yeah. I mean, this dude's in his prime right now, so. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm with you on all that shit, Jared. Um, Alex, what you got in this? And by the way, this is what he's looking like. I know these are fucking gym pictures. Calvin Gastelum by knockout, baby. I, like I got to see him Friday. Oh, oh, but, but I got another bet. I do like Sean Brady to get all the takedowns in this fight. Secondary bet. Brady, more takedowns. Yeah, that's Second. legit. For sure. I don't see why Calvin would even try and take him down. Unless it was like at the end of a round. Just to seal it. Short and sweet there. Harry, where you at, dude? Yeah, no, I'm going to take back that. I said Veronica Hardy and Joaquin Silver were my only two confident picks. I'm going to also include Sean Brady as my most. So, so yeah, these are my own. If I were to bet three straight and give it 33% of my account each, each, each straight bet for 100% of your bankroll, that's how I would play it. So I'm I'm going to throw a few things. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw throw a few things out there for you to consider, okay? So we we Kevin Gaslam, I think, uh, through his UFC career, has missed weight. I think uh, about six or more times. Uh, if one of the most drastic ones was against Tyrone Woodley, it was like a ten pound uh, over the weight limit. Sad, very sad. Absolutely, it shows twice here. By the way, Harry, two, two weight misses. But but I understand him, okay? I understand him in that he's short, he's small, he's undersized. Now, is he, though? And if he is, w- what's the fucking problem with him between middleweight and welterweight? It's his bird chest. That's the problem. And you can't fix that genetics. So I understand the man. Now, is he going to make weight on Friday? One thousand percent. Those pictures that you're showing us on Instagram, one thousand percent. I know people in his camp. I'm I'm very close. I'm tied in with everything. I know a lot more than anybody could imagine oh, about this particular guy. And one thing that he's definitely going to do is get on that fucking scale and prove he can. He made the weight. I personally think that his retirement fight was Shavkat Rachmanov. But a few things happened with this boy. He got sponsored by Jimmy Bars because Henry Cejudo helped him out. He got his pad, his apartment. He got off the weed shit, you know, pipe blowing the pipe every other day. He said, I'm going to just do it maybe two, three times a week. He hired a nutritionist. You know, he's eating healthy now. And he's trying to give this a shot. But I think he knows himself. He's up against... Sean Brady. Sean Brady, I know when people saw 
what happened with Bilal Muhammad and that knockout that he lost his stock. That shit went to 50% off on discount. In case you didn't know, you can uh, bet their stock on predictionstrike.com. Mm-hmm. I would never do that shit myself. It's hilarious. But hey, they got a stock market for these guys, right? And man, what I'm going to share with you is crazy. Sean Brady had to cross five fucking time zones. Five. Do you understand what that does to your oxygen level, to the red blood cells in your body? Did you know that 68 or 78% of the fighters that cross five time zones from one seaboard to the other, right? You're doing United States to Abu Dhabi, China, Shanghai to Las Vegas, you know, whatever the case is, they lose the fight. Okay. That's why it's no surprise. Paul Craig always gets knocked the fuck out when he comes to America, right? With that said, not only did Sean Brady have to cross five time zones, my guy showed up with a fucking bruised on uh, under his eye. He always says that he has that this week, by the way, too, Harry. But not as bad as this one. This one was severe. Like like someone, yeah, it like 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 someone sparred him like a few hours prior. It was ridiculous. I, I'm like, how are you showing up to this? Same shit happened to Aileen Perez last weekend. She got assaulted backstage at the UFC, at the Apex, by uh, this girl, Edwards. Leah, what's her name? Edwards. Oh, uh, yeah. the awesome. yeah, I know. El Pantera is what she goes by. Yeah, I know yeah she assaulted Aileen Perez and ended up with a black and blue. They thought they would cancel the fight. Aileen Perez was looking forward to fighting. And so she... Takes on Pudalova. She's killing Pudalova. Yeah, Jocelyn Edwards, right? Assaulted Aileen Perez. She's killing. She's killing Pudalova, this Argentine Aileen Perez, right? Only fans model. Killing her, right? This lesbian is all over. Killing her. Two rounds. All of a sudden, in the third round, brother, I'm not kidding you. That fucking black and blue, it just, it just. It's like it becomes infected, shuts yeah. her entire eye. And Purilova realized it and started exploiting it. If you look at the Sean Brady, Bilal Muhammad fight, the same shit happens. Two things happen there. First, Sean Brady in round two, he's like, fuck my eye. All of a sudden, as he's moving into two minutes 30 of the second round, and he's starting to move further into round three now he's on the stool he's like oh my god he's like what the fuck <laughs> sean brady's body because of the time zones was not the same man he couldn't get the engine started this phenomenon is very real it has a percentage to it it has a trend to it when fighters are coming from overseas and on top of that his eye was getting fucked up and i noticed this is my personal opinion that Brady played possum against the wall and said, fuck it, this is it. I need them to stop it. And he puts his guard up. And then he starts fainting like he's getting hit. And he's like, man, just stop this shit. Just because he could not get that engine to go. He didn't know what was going on. And then his eye was getting fucked up, man. Fucked up. Just like Aileen Perez. So in this fight, I'm 1,000% sure this one is Brady's to win. And Kevin Gaslam. He's given us a great number of years. I hope he moves back to middleweight because he's got ground to cover. 
He can fight Jared Cannonier. He he could get his rematch, you know? There's a lot of sure. shit he can do. There's a lot of middleweight guys that, that are moving into the middleweight division that he could kill. <laughs> Not a problem. You know, I love the discipline he has right now at welterweight. But I think, uh, you know, uh, the end for him was when they set him up with Shavkat. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that he would have given Shavkat a really good fight, to be honest. And I actually had Jeff Neal against Shavkat. And Jeff Neal fucked. I mean, dude, he fought really competitively. I'm a big Jeff Neal fan, to be honest. Um, I get what you're saying, dude, with the time change and all that. But, I mean, O'Malley made the time change, beat Jan in a in a war of attrition right there. Benil Dariush, obviously, Matosh Gamrock coming from Florida as well. They're both making the time zone jump. I get what you're saying there, but at the same time, like, I don't know, even with Aline Perez, she still won that fight. You know, she still beat. Wait, wait, Googles. no. Uh, Sean, remember, Sean O'Malley was there for almost, uh, he was there for almost like eight weeks, seven yeah. weeks because of the full send, the Nelk boys. He, he was, he's documenting. Yeah. Right. And let's yeah, be real yes. too. Dana wanted him to win, but. Yeah, yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying, course. but at the same time, I don't know. We'll <laughs> see, man. I, I think that you bring up some fucking great points. Um, it's interesting. You're the only one on Brady here, and it would be a nice buy low spot should he win. So it makes all the sense in the world. I just, I mean, I'm a Kelvin fan. I think that he's a fucking dog. It's another fight of the night contender, man. We're lucky to have a, this card for fucking free, by the way. So, yeah, Rob Font versus Davison Figgy. Figueredo, right? Figgy. We'll just call him Figgy from now on. Um. I'll let you guys kind of start with this, man. Alex, we got three fights left. Alex, start with this one. I'll let you guys all start, and then I'll just kind of chip in uh, my my own thoughts. What you uh, what you got in the featured fight of the evening here? With this one, I've been kind of scared. I like Dave. I like Davison in the grappling by submission. Think he's got the BJJ advantage, and all these Boston guys have like a strong trend of losing either by decision or submission, and their chins usually hold up. So I usually just want to throw knockout right out the window right off the bat. And um, I like Rob in the stand-up. I think he can win a decision. But I don't know. It's just this is kind of like an unpredictable fight for me. Um, I think Rob can knock him out. But it's just what does the UFC want here by giving him Rob Font in his first fight up? You know, they're pretty much telling you, like, anything close, who are they going to give for new matchups? They're going to give it to Figgy. So Figgy's going to have the edge in any close decision by the judges, in my opinion. So right then and there, I'm scared of laying money on Rob Font. But, you know, I would sprinkle on, like, some double methods, like, you know, Rob Font, um, knockout or Davison by sub, but all in all, gun to my head, if I had to bet something on this fight, I, I would trust the over one and a half or the over two and a half in this fight because both of them are extremely durable. Yeah, it makes sense, dude. I've heard that when somebody like a legend or a former champion or whatever wants to move up a weight class, the UFC usually gives them a bigger, well-ranked fighter um, in that division that they're moving up to see like are you really about this shit let's see it rob font is a big dude for bantamweight right so you know figgy being i mean he was a giant giant flyweight i mean he really is a big dude he's not tall dude's ripped though it's wild he had he had actually had some problems cutting to 125 but harry where you at on this one man uh man hey we know that uh uh the jab that Rob Font uses, you know, for, for, for a range finder is fucking incredible. 
Uh, we've seen how he can work anybody as, as versatile as Marlon Vera to, uh, as young and up and coming like Adrian Yanez. But let's be frank. The UFC, he's had his days, man. Uh, Rob Fonts had his days where he could have proven himself. This was 2015, 2016, and he decided to take time off. You know, he comes back. He does what he can. They offer him what what, what they will. And I think uh, just having him booked with Song Yul Dong uh, proves that, you know, they're, they're using him as a gatekeeper of some sort. And I think that with the Corey Sanhagen fight, you saw that the takedown was pretty... By uh, simple to, to come across, and I think oh, yeah. uh, figures, oh, yeah, is doing the same with uh, Cejudo and and the boys there. Uh, with uh, Mon Mano Torres, he's, he's a Mexican Olympian there at Fight Ready, and I think that's all he's training, and I think that's all he needs. You know, if yeah. if yeah. Uh, if Font wants to get uh, gritty uh, on the ground somehow with razor sharp elbows in the guard or some shit, then he'll get subbed, you know? But other than that, um, I hope it does go to the decision just to prove how, how uh, resilient font is. But um, yeah, man, I, I was live there in um, San Antonio when I saw him uh, put out Adrian Yanez and I thought Yanez was doing pretty well <laughs> until he got clipped. So that shows me, where uh, Font's at, you know, with his volume, his his accuracy, and uh, his power, uh, his yeah. So that that's what I think. I think Figgy, this is a a good fight for Figgy, and the judges are definitely going to be on his side. I think UFC matchmakers need to break him into the bantamweight rankings, uh, you know, so we could shuffle, uh, you know, a bit better because we don't want to keep reusing font, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I think. He's become a gatekeeper, right? And that's essentially what you're saying. It seems like, and I mean, high level gatekeeper for sure. I'm pretty sure he's ranked. I'm not sure exactly where he's at. Um, I mean, dude, anyone standing up, anyone, including fucking as crazy as it sounds, Sean O'Malley, Cheeto, anyone is in danger when they're just standing in front of Rob Font. Anybody is in danger when they're standing in front of this dude. So, yeah, Figgy's going to wrestle. It makes sense. Jared, where are you at on this one? Well, I think Font's like one of the few MMA fighters that's proven he can control a fight entirely with his jab. Like, he's just super technical, like really sharp boxing, but I just see more passive victory for Figueredo. I just, you know, he... It, if he gets a grappling involved early, I, I mean, three rounds benefits him because we've seen him gas out in like the, you know, rounds four or five. But I, I just think there's more paths to victory for Figueredo. I got to side with him, but I won't be surprised if Font, you know, just the reach is too much and he just jabs his face off for three rounds. Interesting. So you th you're thinking Figueredo? Potentially, I'm, I'm thinking Figueredo, but I won't be surprised if Font just. I mean, I mean, he just has such sharp boxing, and yeah, if, if he's the kind of guy. If you allow him to get a rhythm, and you and you let him get going, he's gonna he's gonna take away on the scorecards. He's but, one of the best boxers in the UFC, man. I've said that for a little while, yeah, and, and I mean, he really is good. I think it, I, I really do think Dustin Poirier is the best boxer in the UFC. It's why he's my favorite fighter. People talk shit about that all the time. They'll say it's Max Holloway. Fucking Dustin Poirier outboxed Max Holloway. So that's where I'm at on that. Um, so it sounds like uh, 
I mean, I, it's interesting here that we'll see how this one goes, man. But I think, uh, dude, I'm I'm on the side of Figgy, man. I think Figgy gets it done. I think he could actually knock out Font. He's a powerful dude. I think he should have been fighting at Bantamweight. He's just kind of a shorter guy. So um, I think he could knock out Font. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Jared, take this uh, co-main, man. And I think we should we should pick each one of us. We should pick a method and round for this one and the main event. Um, I'll let you start Jalen Turner versus Bobby Green. Jared, take it away, man. All right. Well, Bobby Green, his self-proclaimed fighting style is hood. I mean, the dude He's a brings G, it. Dude. Yeah, he he brings it every time, but I mean he's he is a little chinny. I know Jalen's on short notice, but I just have flashbacks to that head kick he landed on uh, Dan Hooker, the one that broke his arm. I mean, I, I don't know if Bobby Green's gonna wear something like that too well. As much as I hate going against him, and it sucks because I, when it was initially Green versus Hooker, I loved Green, but this matchup's just it, it's weird for me. They're both tough. I just if it if they stay technical, it's gonna be Jalen all day. If they if they just stay technical and it doesn't get ugly, but if Bobby Green turns it into a dogfight, which he knows how to do, if he sees Jalen getting tired, you know, into the second <laughs> round, Bobby Green feeds off of that. If some if he sees you slowing down, that's gonna drive him harder. Like he's just He's a motherfucker, dude. I don't know. I, I would like the over in this fight, but I don't want to be too involved in it. The over, huh? I think that's interesting. It's wild how fucking tall. I think he's six three. Jalen Turner, six three, going down to one hundred and fifty five pounds. Man, I haven't weighed one hundred and fifty five pounds since I was in middle school, probably. Right? I'm six two, so I don't understand how this dude cuts down. Um, he, I mean, clearly he's got more muscle than I do. I'm, I'm average build. I don't understand how this dude does this. Um, the weight cut, I think, is going to be draining on him, man. And I think that that leaves a lot of opportunity for Bobby Green. I'm not giving my pick yet. Alex, what you got here, dude? Sorry to catch you in the middle of the drink. I got to go with my backwoods smoking mofo. Bobby King. Let's go. Bobby King by decision. Split decision. We're going to get the robbery. Jalen Turner's going to win all three rounds, but the judges are going to look my way. Interesting. That's how I see it. They want to build Bobby Green up. He's been robbed before in the past. He's got the market. He's got the following. He's got the mouth. He's He's got everything, baby. He's the next star. I believe in him. Let that man get into the top 10. He should be in the top 10. He should be getting that top 10 matchup with Jalen Hooker. It doesn't even matter if he loses this fight, to be honest, because, look, they're, they're, it's 11 versus 12. They're both in the top fifteen. It, it's it's a money grab fight. It's a filler fight. But you and I both know Bobby Green sells tickets. There's one option for whoever wins this fight at UFC 300. They fight Patty Pimlet, dude. I think that's got to happen, and that's possible. But just because I mean I fucking hate Patty, but I just think it'd be hilarious because I think both these dudes fuck them up. I'm still um, hoping Tony gets him out of there. What's that? I'm still hoping Tony can pull it off. Yeah, fuck me too, man. Uh, he went through de- uh, the David Goggins camp. I don't know how that's going to help him, but we'll see. By the way, Jared, did you give a, a method in round? Did I just not hear it? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to say Bobby Green, round three. KO? Yep. I like it. 
I like it. Okay, Harry, where you at, dude? Horrible. Hey, horrible. Don't don't tell that no matter what you do. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what why is it that you said that uh, the winner has to face Patty Pimlet? Because regardless of whether they lose or not, it's eleven, twelve, twelve, eleven. Uh they would face uh Patty Pimlet regardless of a win or loss, right? I'm saying whoever wins this fight should fight Patty only because of, of Patty, you know, having that star power. Like I said, I don't like the dude, but uh, Patty already called out Bobby. Bobby said he'd love that fight for UFC 300 in his uh, UFC uh, press conference interview today. And he just didn't think it was real. He's like, dude, I'd love that fight because I'd beat the shit out of that dude. And it would just help sell that fight. You know how they do these even number you know, 100, 200, 300, they, they try and make the biggest, craziest circus fights they can. And I think it makes sense to have somebody like Patty on that card, even though he's going to fight soon, they can turn this dude around. I think he's probably going to make quick work of Tony, which sucks. I hope that's not the case. Um, But I think that, you know, depending on how this fight goes, one of these dudes could definitely take Patty on 300. That's just my thought. What, where do you uh, disagree on that? No, I, I, I think that, uh, I don't think Bobby Green is winning this fight. I think that uh, the odds makers know something, and it's what I think I know, too. And uh, so after um, Bobby Green knocked out Grant Dawson, he goes backstage, he gets behind his press microphone, and he starts wailing his arm around. He's like, ah, my fucking wrist, my fucking wrist, ah, my wrist. I don't know. You know, I don't know when I'll come back. I got to get this thing checked out. And... uh you know, he goes ghost for a bit uh, and then uh, somewhat starts doing him, right, for a few days on Instagram. And, you know, then you get this fight announcement with another guy ailing, uh, having had recent surgery uh, on his forearm, setting up a fight with two broke dicks. So in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, that makes sense. Dan Hooker. Uh, for a filler fight on the card with Bobby Green, both guys, you know, ailing from injuries. I guess, you know, with this fight here, whether he wins or loses, uh, Bobby Green would go into uh, the the new year, well, you know, recovering and going into rehab, which is good for him. And so I feel that's the case here. That's why Jalen Turner opened up such a heavy favorite, because they know that despite uh, you know, whatever's going on on his side, right? Ruka gym closing down, uh, so on and so forth. Him skateboarding and shit, not really being in the gym much. He's good enough, tall enough, proportionate enough, talented enough in his jujitsu to potentially <laughs> sub uh, Bobby King Green, right? And and the reason I think so is because of that that wrist, man. I really think he his wrist is fucked up, man. I really do think so. Interesting. What are you two guys that uh, that picked uh, King, as he likes to be called? What do you guys think about that? You hear that information before? Just before the Dawson fight? I have not heard this. No, after the Dawson fight. I mean, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, maybe I'm betting with my heart here. Maybe I shouldn't touch it. <laughs> Can't do that, dude. Can't bet with the heart. Definitely, definitely bet with my heart here. I mean, I love Bobby Green, too. Jalen Turner, though, man, I think he's underrated. I think uh, a good win like this, though, I mean, the UFC definitely wants Turner to rise through the ranks. I mean, this dude could be, I mean, as long as Islam is at the top, I don't think he can touch, you know, I don't really think he touches anyone in that top three right now. I think Oliveira works him. I think Poirier works him. 
He could probably beat Chandler. I don't think Chandler should really be top five anymore right now. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I could see Turner getting to that. I mean, challenging for a title at the very least. I don't really see Bobby Green doing it. I'm on that Turner side too, man. He's just so tall. I think if he fought anybody other than Dan Hooker, how he fought Dan Hooker, he fucking beats him, man. Dan Hooker just has no quit in him. You know, he he fractured yeah. his orbital. He broke his arm. Dude, who the fuck fights through that? Oh, yeah. Dan he Hooker does. What's that? On. How tough Dan Hooker is really took away from how well Jalen Turner did in that fight. I yeah. Mean, he fucking put it on him. Dude. Brutal. Brutal, brutal shit how that was. And then, yeah, like after I, I was texting with my buddy who's a big Dan Hooker fan, I was like, dude, Turner is going to fuck this dude up round one. And uh, I like that line that Hooker Hooker said at the end. He says something like, uh, "Tough times last." Dan Hooker fired. Tough times don't last. Dan Hooker does, or something, dude. And I was like, "Damn, that's fucking dope." I like that, um, and it's very true. So, all right, dude, I'm gonna give this one to you, Harry, to finish us off. We all got. Uh, I mean, we're we're split again on the co-main. Um, did you give? By the way, Harry, did you give a method on the on the co-main? Method and round? Uh, Third round submission. Third round submission. Okay. My bad, dude. If you said that already, I'm getting faded here. I'm sipping on some some booze. So my bad if I'm missing your guys' stuff towards the end here. But, yeah, Harry, take this main event, dude, and then uh, we'll go through everybody else as well. Benil Dariush versus Armand Sarukian. uh, I mean, this dude, Benil, looks like like a good-looking (laughs) 50-year-old, but he's 34. And Armand Sarukian is the young up and comer. Twenty seven seems like a good year for twenty seven year olds. Where are you at on this one, Harry? Ah uh, man, this one, this one, I had to really so so I I saw like a technical side of how this fight could go, and uh, you know it's either they scramble on the ground in the in the center of the octagon or they fight this out. Uh, Armin uh, deploying his leg kicks, spacing, keeping his distance. You know, striking, seeing if there's an entry available for him and and just floating in the octagon, you know, seeing who could knock who the fuck out. And um, and and I, I think I'm I'm more right about that. Uh, and I feel good about it because of all the interviews that Armin is doing uh, and suggesting the same. He's like, I'm going for the finish and it's going to be on the feet. And I've been working on my striking. Lo and behold, I get a friend send me a DM. He's like, hey, bro. Yeah, yeah. Benil is working on his striking. That's really all he's working on, man. He's not doing shit else, man. And I, I, I understand why. Hmm. Because he's already elite in the grappling. You you understand? His defensive grappling is top notch. Look at that Gamrot fight. Oh, man. His guard is beautiful. And Armin knows it. So would Armin even want to be in a position like that? You know, Another interesting thing is Armin is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, man, half an inch or maybe a quarter of an inch taller than Pat Sabatini. He is one of the smallest lightweights, Armin Sarukian. Do you know how tall Dariush is going to be? You know how he could stuff Armin? Gamrot is nearly an inch and a half or two taller than Armin. Go look at the face-offs. So there's a lot of things that are not aligning here. And yes, I, I was also very upset when the Benil Dariush lost against Oliveira. But should I have been? Who is Charles Oliveira? God damn, man. That's a monster. That guy is wicked, man. Yeah. And he came in that fucking octagon like he was provided. I don't know, man. Just He's possessed, dude. 
some fucking placebo on an exponent. I don't know, bro. He was just incredible, man. He was fast as fuck, sharp as fuck. It's like they tipped him off and said, hey, listen, Benil Dariush, he guards the top of his head with one arm. So throw a high kick and he'll get out of balance. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened, brother. That's exactly what. It's not that Benny Benil Dariush is washed and old. No, let's talk about how young, how how young, how tender Armin Sorukian is. Now, if Armin wins this fight, he moves up to fourth. Do you know the problems that causes matchmakers at the UFC? He moves up to fourth, bro. And then risk what? A fight between him and Islam? So Islam loses to Oliveira? If Islam loses to Oliveira, Oliveira becomes number one. And now Dariush needs to face who? I mean, yeah, I'd be rather, Dustin. I, he's, he, no, he's going to have to face Armin. He's going to have to face Armin because of Armin's impeccable record. Right? He's going to have to face the number two. Or Armin loses this fight. And guess who Islam would have to face? So he loses to Oliveira. Benil Dariush. <laughs> Hmm. And that sounds better. Islam versus Benil Dari. This is the fight we always wanted to see. Anyway, right? <laughs> right? We the the Syrian <laughs> the, the the Syrian warrior, right? And Benil Darius. So on and so forth, man. So I've seen this from a narrative, from a matchmaking angle, from a technical point of view. And I like Benil Darius all day. And wow. if the odds on this fight card are telling of something interesting, it has to be because of this main event. And the number of people betting these two guys. Yeah, everyone's got to be on Armin, right? I mean, like, I know that we're not seeing, again, this is not betting numbers. I think that most of the money, 80% or more of the money's got to be on Sarukin in some way, shape, or form. If you got to go method and round, Harry, what are you looking at? I'm assuming a knockout. Man, if if it's a knockout, this guy, Darius, is going to be... Pressuring forward as this guy's launching those leg strikes, he'll bring him down. Man, could he submit him? Oh man, this is a tough one, man. I don't. Do I don't think, got. Not to cut you off here. Do you think that Benil could actually win a five round decision? Any ankle pick, Armin? No, a five round decision. Benil Dariush? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. You think so? He's gonna pace himself, yeah, because he's not. They're not grappling. Why? He, he Dariush is most effective in the first, second, and third round in the grappling department. He's got cardios for days to do the A D double C gold, you know. He's got he's a champion, you know, against Armin's not stupid too. He does not want to scramble with Dariush. I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to, man. Gamrot's talked up Dariush a lot. And uh, you know what's crazy too? I don't know if you guys know this. Dariush and Armin, they used to train together. They used to spar together too. This was years ago, I think in 2016. You know what's interesting too? Uh, Dariush actually sparred with Gaethje at Onyx, and he mm. he beat his ass. He beat his ass. This was in 2017, 18, 2017. Mm. I mean, yeah, dude. If you're looking at the records alone, like it's so hard to say who's got the better record, right? I mean, obviously. Percentage-wise, ratio-wise, it's Armin, but like at the same time, the level of competition, all these things. My thing with Benny is he hasn't fought crazy, crazy competition. You know, I think Armand's actually fought the better UFC competition. As crazy as that might sound, I know Tony Ferguson, but this is after I think Tony Ferguson was broken, right, by Gaethje. 
Um, I don't know. I, I'm to be honest, dude, like spoiler, I'm with you on this one. Um, because I wasn't impressed mostly by Armon, but, um, yeah, man, I, again, method round, what you got? Ah, oh, that's tough, man, because just we could, see a, we could see another Gamrot decision with, with, uh, with, uh, Armin Sarukian. All right. If, 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 if all, all, all fails, we, I mean, I'm going decision Benil Dariush by I points. Like I like it. Hopefully he drops him once or twice too. That'd be sick. Jared, what are your thoughts on this one, man? <sighs> yeah, I've been torn on this one for the past two weeks. I, I mean, it's going to be a great fight. I mean, it's a great card. Um, Benil's just such a bet in at like plus 240. I mean, how do I bet against him here? But Armin has all the tools to win. He's in at a Tiger Muay Thai, great camp. I just, it's such a difficult fight to find a spot for me. I I think both guys are fucking tough as shit. I think there's a good chance it goes the distance. Um, I'm pro, I'm probably gonna have to side with uh, Armin by a close decision. Wow! All right, right off the bat, we're uh, we're split down the middle. Anything else to add there, Jaren? Yeah, more. I, I also like. I kind of like see this storyline in the future of a Armin Islam rematch because um, he gave Islam a run for it, man. He yeah, uh, he, he took Islam down and he took his back. He did some good work in that fight. I mean, I don't think that's a fight anyone wouldn't like to see again. Yeah, as much as uh, as much as Harry, you're making good points there about the matchmaking. I think like the younger the fighter, the more the UFC wants to push them. Right now, at the same time, I see you know there's a lot of people clamoring for for Benny to get that title shot. You know, instead of Charles Oliveira for the second time, it should be Benil Dariush and all this shit. Um, but then, of course, obviously he loses to Charles. I don't know. Uh, this could be Benil's last run. And if he fucks this up, then he's done. And I think he probably knows that. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes out and uh, and fights against the younger dude by uh, about five years, four years, five years. The, the problem, no, actually, the problem here, the eight. problem here is if Armin wins, if he wins, he's facing Islam. If Oliveira defeats Islam, I got Oliveira defeating Islam. Now let's say Islam defeats Oliveira. Armin is still set to see him for, you know, a, a, for a, a, a championship match. I mean, what would he be on? Like, you know, who else would he have to face? He'll 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 kill anybody after that. I, I'm not downplaying uh, Armin at all with deciding on Benil Darius. It's that Armin is a problem because of his style of fighting. He knows how to blend his striking, not in a way to bait you, you know, or or to create a guise. As though he can strike you. No, he can strike you in his style. He knows how to be effective. He can cause damage with it. And he could then score on you. He could pummel you down. And I think if he faces Islam, man, Habib is definitely going to be in that corner. And Islam is not winning that fight, my friend. There is no way he's winning that fight. Especially if he beats Dariush. No way, bro. Come on, man. Islam fighting. Islam is not Habib. He's impressive. He's improved. But Armin is a specimen cut from the same cloth, just Armenian. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know what else to tell you. You know, Islam fighting Volk twice. And who did he fight before Volk? And remember when he was fighting Bobby Green and everyone's like, why the fuck is he fighting Bobby Green and now getting a title shot? Well, same, don't forget. I mean, dude, I would love to have this debate with you, Harry, about who <laughs> fought the better competition because Habib did not fight good competition either. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'd I mean, love to have that debate. Though. You know what's interesting? I'll, I'll just share this so, so you could continue. You know, uh, a lot of folks, they don't remember that Habib's father always mentioned Tony Ferguson. It wasn't because, you know, Tony Ferguson was was a, a target, you know, a 50 meter target. You know, hell no. They were afraid of that man. That that just showed you where Habib was set back. And we saw it with McGregor taking him four rounds. It was that striking, you know, the people, smart camps that knew how to interpret the vulnerability and the, the holes in the striking that Habib, you know, p- possessed at the time. Uh, but and then and then it turned out Tony Ferguson was was. You know, unfortunately, way out the door many years ago. So, you know, Habib had that all wrong. He would have beat his ass, you know? Well, Habib ended up still beating him because Tony Ferguson, and I truly believe this, Tony Ferguson making that weight cut just to prove a point after that fight was canceled. I think that fucked up Tony Ferguson somehow because then he goes on to fight Justin Gaethje. He does two weight cuts back to back for no reason just because, like, Tony Ferguson's that type of dude to do a weight cut for no reason, right? You've seen all the memes. Tony Ferguson's that type of dude. I mean, Justin Gaethje, I think, ruined that dude after Habib got into his head so much, and he was just chasing a ghost that whole time, man. Um, It's definitely interesting. You make some good points, Harry. Um, And, and Jared, yeah, solid take. Alex, you're going to round this out here before I just give my final thoughts. What do you think? Benny, baby. I got Benny. Benny. I got Benny's, you know, I make a crazy shout out for Palestine or something after he wins, but uh, hey, he's I like Christian. He's Christian. He's a big no. time Christian. He's going to thank Jesus Christ. That's what he does, dude. Method and round. What you got, dude? What you got here? Got, uh, maybe Benny, like, round late knockout. Benny by Nate, late knockout. I think he can get it done. Joe Two, three, four. cracked it, and now Benil's going to shatter it. What what round are you thinking? That will look good. Dana White will like it. Poirier might like that and be like, all right, I don't even mind you know, matching up with him now. He got hands. And uh, it'll look good to the organization. Gun ahead, what round you got for a knockout? Five. Round five. He does in the last Damn, round. Damn, that's some fucking money there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep this short and sweet. Benny... By round two or three knockout. And if you're telling me pick a fucking round, round two. And I think it'd be like the fourth minute, man. I think that it's going to happen. I think he's going to put it on this kid. Um, I hope he does, too. I like Benny, man. Um, Not really a big fan of Armin. I was not impressed with this Demir's Mugula fight. Looked really bad in that. And then uh, obviously, uh, you know, finished Joaquin. But I think he should have done it much, much more cleanly. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of Armin. I think he's kind of overrated for right now. I think he will potentially be a champion at some point. Again, 27 years old. Big fan of Benny, though, man. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. Should be a really good, fun card for uh, for Austin. Uh, I don't see two of you guys. Where'd you guys go? I don't know if you guys are. Uh, do you see I'm them? here. I see you, I, I Harry. Don't see him. Well, uh, well, let's wrap up, dude. Plug your stuff. Since I see you, Harry, plug your stuff first. And uh, if these guys pop back in. 
Um, I'll let them plug. But what you got, dude? You got you got like anywhere that people can see your bets, they can share. Yeah, all the time on the story, man. I just publish it on the story at Pro Schmo Bets, man. That's all, man. I like the Schmo over Ariel Helwani, and that was one of the influences for coining the moniker. And I bet. So Pro Schmo Bets. There we go. On Instagram? On Instagram. Oh, Okay, sweet. I'll tag you uh, in the uh, show notes here. Pro Schmo Bets puts it in the story. I like it, man. I appreciate that. People love free shit, dude. Um, Jared, what you got, dude? Anything you want to plug? Uh, not pro schmo bets, profit picks. And um, I know you like five teamers, so I got a five teamer I'm going to leave you with. Fuck yeah, let's go. We got Horth, Selecki, Avila, Gasolin, and the over one and a half in the Turner Green fight. It's plus 1588. I'm putting 25. Oh no. It cut, it cut, yeah. It cut, yeah, it cut out. He cuts oh, out right when he's talking. Well, no, okay, back, now you're back. back. Uh, you're back. Well, okay, so you're putting 25 on it. 25 bucks gets back 422. Fuck yeah. Okay, so you said Horth, you with a little five teamer steamer. Horth, Selecki. Who else? Horth, Selecki, Avila, Gaslam, and the over one and a half in the Turner Green fight. I like that, dude. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I was trying to figure out a parlay for this, and I could not for the life of me figure out one because I usually like to put like a hundred bucks, which is right. essentially ten units for me. I like to do ten dollar units, you know. Um, I was trying to find something where I'm like, let's go, let's go a hundred bucks on something, and I could not for the life of me find four confident picks on this card. Right. So, it's- I mean, power to you, dude. If you could, uh, if you could string that together, if it hits, I'll throw, I'll throw ten bucks on it. Fuck it, let's go. Um, I appreciate you, Harry and Jared. Alex, what you got, dude? Any plugs? Picks, dude. Oh, you need a play? I gave out Julia Vila. Julia Vila, knockout, plus 500. Cash it. I'm not getting greedy this week. Okay. I like it. I wrote them both down, dude. You got any special plays to leave us with, Harry? Or are you good with your, your solid picks there? Uh, no, just just those. If you wanted like money line locks, man, that I think for this particular card, uh, you got Joaquin Silva, you have uh, Veronica Hardy, and you have uh, uh, what was it? Ah, come on, you were going with Brady. Uh, yes, Sean Brady. I gotta tell you, man, if you hit all three of those, I'm gonna have to really start listening to what you say because I disagree with two of them hard. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I mean, fucking good luck to you guys, man. I appreciate you hopping on my show, man. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully get your information out there to uh, some people. Hopefully, you'll pick up some followers. And mostly Shout conspiracy. Nick. We need Nick back in here too soon. Hey, Nick's doing his thing, man. He's uh, he's struggling a little bit. Not nothing too serious. He just said he's got to take a break from fucking you know doing this shit and focus a little more on like what's important, which is you know to him right Not now it's work and shit. Generate. Yeah, not being a fucking degenerate gambler, but uh, that's I mean that's what's <laughs> important to me. I, I'd rather be gambling than fucking working. I'll tell you that all day. So let's go. But yeah, good luck to you guys, man. It was great to meet you both, Jared, Harry. You guys are fucking awesome, man. Hopefully we can do yeah, this pleasure, again. Man. And uh, we're wrapping this up, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll be back, I think, next week. Next week we got another one too, right? Uh, yeah, December six. December. That can't be. 
December 9th. Yeah, the, 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 what is this? Shanghai, it's Song Yodong. Song Yodong is fighting, uh, Gutierrez, Chris Gutierrez. Oh, they're not in Shanghai anymore, though. They moved that to Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Ah. And I think it's the ninth, right? Yeah, because that'd be seven days later. Song Yodong so much. Yeah, dude. And you got Anthony Smith fighting, uh, who the fuck is he fighting? Someone that's going to beat his ass. Who? Roundtree. Yeah, dude, that's going to be a brutal fucking bloodletting, I think. But yeah, I appreciate you guys. We'll get out of here. Um, and uh, to everybody listening, thank you. Tune in next week. We'll break that down. Uh, maybe these guys will be here. Maybe they won't. We'll see what happens. It's up to them. Thank you all for listening. Everybody out there, take care. Appreciate you, Ryan. Take care. Thank you, guys.